Hello, everyone. It is World's time. No longer. Worlds is officially done. We've Worlds canceled ended. Worlds. Worlds ended. Korea won. Um, you know, draw, uh, flip a coin. If it's heads, Damwon won. If it's tails, SKT won. T1. Um, if, it, if it landed on its side, then EDG might have won. Genji is not winning. True. Um, anyway, no, they are going to win because Cloud9 lost to... Of course, the world champions. Otherwise, they would have been in the finals. You know, it's just it, the format sucks. Uh, this show br brought to you by Alienware and Gamefield. Thank you so much to Alienware and Gamefield. We don't have a guest this week because, uh, as Mark and I were discussing before the start of the show, it's like difficult to get a guest on around Worlds because a lot of people are not paying attention to Worlds, and then the ones that are paying attention to Worlds are like in Berlin and tired. Uh, but it's okay, actually, because I, I was thinking beforehand, I was like, actually, this is kind of a good show to not have a guest for because uh, there's just a ton to talk about, and now we will start getting into the rumor mill. In fact, Peter Dunn was in the chat and was potentially willing to come on the show until he heard that the rumor mill conversations are starting. And and you know what? Actually, it's not just going to be like mega rumor time or whatever, because it's still, as I say, the primordial soup of free agency or off-season. Uh, but... We, I think there's going to be a lot of theories, a lot of people calling in with ideas of the right. We can officially start discussing where, what things should happen. Uh, but, but of course, I guess we do have to kind of talk about world championships. Well, we have to. It's tradition, now that North America is officially knocked out, to diagnose why it is. That's that, true. I have an know. idea. It, it might be the ping. Could be that. No, no, no. no. I, I tweeted... After Cloud9 lost, like, hey, you know, looking back at it, I'm purely an accomplishment level. They had a decent year, you know, um, though you can talk about how it looked or the fact they spent so much for these accomplishments. But, like, you know, winning MSI or winning uh, Spring, making MSI, going to Worlds, being the only team to get out of groups, like, that's that's not too bad. And then someone tweeted me and they said, this is why North America will never accomplish anything is because we just celebrate this mediocrity. True, true. Yeah, yes, that's always a thing, that's, too. That's, that's, that's the problem with North America. Is Wait, that... I just remembered. I completely forgot I made this. Um, what, is the, what is the URL again for this? I had to find it because it's not actually on my page. Do you remember this? Is it, oh, it's the spinner. It's the yes. spinner, right? Yes. We can oh, bring it back. It? I, need, I should have tweeted that this morning. It's na travisgaffer.com slash na spinner. Okay, hang on. I'll put it in Wait, the... you tweet it? Tweet it tomorrow. Just be like, I'm hey not going to tweet it yet, North... but I'll put it in the chat for for today. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a really good thing to tweet tomorrow. What is it? Na spinner? Yeah, na spinner. It just landed on GMs won't take risks. So that's the. What, <laughs> Wait, you know that's... what? What I do would be <laughs> to do stupid.com or what is it? Travisgaffer.com slash na spinner. Like all one word, all over. I got a not found 404. Here, here. Let me, uh, let me put it in here. Do you see it there? Put in Skype. Yeah, put it in Skype. Should be in the in the Twitch chat too. What is the it? difference between the two URLs? Wait, there's literally no difference. All lowercase. Did you put capitals at all? No, it's all lower. I literally, it's the same exact URL, <laughs> but yours works and mine doesn't. Well, huh? that's a secret. Um, uh, the connection was reset and broken though. Oh, okay. I, well, it's just it's just a broken thing. I, need, hey, I guess up, I buddy? need to go. I need to go figure out what's going on with. Uh... I'll stick your butthole on my arm, please. Okay, we should say for the podcast listeners that Mark's animal has just climbed on top. of I was him. talking to you actually about putting your butthole <laughs> on my arm. Okay, 
This show. This is why we can't have a guest on because this is this episode is clearly going to be off the rails. Did you get any sleep today? You were you told me you were going to go sleep and then you did not. It took a lot longer. I was like, when, initially when I told you I'm going to bed, that was a joke. Like at seven o'clock, you know, right when we lost, I was like, yeah, oh, good yeah, night. yeah. I was I wasn't actually going to bed then. Um, I didn't try and go to bed till like ten or eleven, but then I still struggled to fall asleep for like an hour. Uh, it's oh, the URL needs www in front of it for some reason. Says name ad. That's the issue. I guess I need to do some work on my um, my. Well, this one has website. www in front of it. That's well, why mine didn't work. But the actual spinner not working is a different problem. Well, this is it's good now. I know I need to uh, to change some stuff on my. Fix your CSS, loser. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. I'll do that. I'll do that before I tweet this again tomorrow and be like, okay, guys, it's that time. Uh, but we at some point in time we could do an entire episode where instead of callers we just spin the wheel and then have the conversation until I would on. love to do that episode because uh, it's yeah it's just every time we restart as if it's the first time we're having the conversation yeah like ping uh, too many imports too little yes. imports yes infrastructure do I have too many too enough. little on here maybe I should uh, oh, I have washed veterans on here um, yeah we got we got some interesting things okay um well as you can tell everyone the show's already off to a great start uh let's see so looking at the top stuff of reddit because that's usually the easiest way to do this um we've got mad lions and cloud nine not making it forward uh mythy has posed actually something that i think is not on the spinner and maybe we haven't talked about too much before this is kind of a, a newish one i'm sure there's been some conversation mark tell me if it's old but he in oh, the press old. he in the press conference today said that one of the big issues is like the geography, meaning that the eastern teams can all scrim against each other and it's really great, whereas like we're very isolated. And, and it so, isn't. Go ahead. I was gonna say that is an age old one about how oh well we just don't have any quality practice partners unlike those other teams, which well I mean. I think I've the more argued. original part of it is he was saying they should change like the entire format of LOL esports to create more international competition, which obviously people have cried out for more international competition for quite some time. But uh, this is the first time I think where people where somebody is saying it, or at least that I can remember in relation to that's how we make it so that like there's not just two regions in the semifinals of worlds. M Maybe the fusion of the two ideas as like a proposed fixed. I mean, I, I still feel like I've heard this before, but yeah. yeah, the whole we want more international tournaments is is an old topic. Can't get good because no quality opponents is a topic, and this is just a fusion of the two, saying like we can fix two birds with one stone. Uh, well, they'll have that. Somebody can can maybe call in and say if they disagree or agree with Mithy, but that's that's a big one. Um, what else? I don't know if there's any reason to talk about the Mad Lions false owner uh, stuff, but... <laughs> that was a fun little escapade, but I don't really think there's yeah. anything to say. Yeah, it was an escapade that went nowhere. So, tomorrow, I was planning on doing a video with... And I'm still planning on doing it on Tuesday. We're recording this, obviously, on Monday. On Tuesday, I'm going to do a video talking about the... Like, so I'm going to make some big predictions. Big predictions not rumors, but predictions, like fun stuff. And one of the things I was going to say is I think Perks and Alfari will both be leaving their respective organizations and probably going back to Europe. That was like one of the big guesses I was going to make. 
Well, Esports Monaco's is reporting that Perks and Alfari are considering options to play together in 2022. There are several interested teams, including Vitality. Uh, so uh, that obviously opens up some conversation we can have tonight about Perks. And you know what? Honestly, like, I, if one of our callers wants to have like an accountability conversation for Perks, I know it's a bit of a meme from the Perks, Reddit thing. Where is he going to be accountable? But, but, you know, okay. So the Reddit thread was obviously overdramatic. It's it's up there among with uh, Travis Gafford doesn't know how to interview I feel like but the it's also a a like I I think look after the first year of Perks coming over here he's obviously the biggest signing of the off season people say Western Goat et cetera et cetera et cetera I do think today after today's games we've officially seen him for one full season in North America I wouldn't mind there being conversations about about that on the on the episode I think that's fair um, and honestly like. I don't know. Uh, like I, I've been talking about this for a while, and I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show. But Perks, Alfari, and Sword Art were supposed to be kind of like the three big avatars going to the big three, and I am not convinced that any of them are going to be here Holy after one year. Fuck, yeah. dude, are you telling me that a bunch of overpriced imports didn't re like save North America and single handedly did we put too many expectations on these players to revive a region that's struggling? Okay, I would even go, but like that's that's the obvious one. But like, would you have predicted that all three of these guys would probably be leaving the region after this what? year? I don't know. I I think. What'd you and, say? What's that? Nothing. I, mean, I was I was slurping my. I don't know if you could, you could pick that up. I was... Oh, you're slurping your non-game field beverage. I guess it could be a game field beverage. Uh, we don't know. It's in a it's in a cup. I'm going to pretend it's a game field beverage. For sponsor obligation reasons. Um, okay, Can't so that uh, sounded just like game fuel when you slurp it. Odie, <laughs> Odie says in chat, "Why does no one mention COVID in America? Isn't that a major factor for imports?" I don't think so. Uh, but he did also say, "I love LCS panic buys," and um, I think that that one is pretty funny. Um, okay, what else? What else? That's obviously the big the big rumor thing. I mean, we can obviously talk about the results from Worlds this year. And um, I don't know. Mark, anything else I'm forgetting? I mean, there's a lot to talk about in the episode, but it's kind of these bigger, fattier Yeah, I mean, I think we can break down Mad Lot, like a couple of the series. Uh, I mean, you can talk about format as well. It was three, three zeros, honestly. They were all pretty shit stomps. Dude, um, this continues the, like... Everyone talk about how unique this world is, and I get it that like groups is really entertaining, but how like the it, it is almost always the case that quarters at world suck. Yeah. Like I mean, how many three is... O's have there been in quarters at worlds? I feel like that's the vast majority of the time that's what you get. Yeah, I think uh I... this world's that initially had such a great start with some craziness and play-ins and uh Group stage has has rapidly become like the rest of them. Um, the only thing that's so different this year, which is actually not that good, is uh, Azale tweeted this earlier today. Where is it? Where is it? Okay, he's talking about how sad movies are sad. Yeah, uh, say that one. Okay, first time in world's history that EU and NA combined have won zero total knockout stage games. Um. So. Hmm. That's that's an interesting stat. But other than that, like again, I think last week I talked about this. I don't know if it was on this or on Rift Reaction, where like if you created an AI to just spit out 
like a random worlds situation you know three korean teams and one lpl team in the semis after quarterfinals has been a complete stomp fest i feel like this would be very very common and i guess i don't want to say that edg rng was not great but like because obviously it was was really fun but that one also i feel like i okay this one i don't know remember as much but i feel like i feel like if you put into the machine whatever it would the historical results it would also show you like a an lpl lpl fiesta or like crazy crazy match um, yeah i feel like starhorn royal club and omg had a five game series i could be misremembering but i feel like there's been those before yeah yeah um you said something about ai there momentarily which just like suddenly gave me a brain blast think about this Okay, you know how there was those that like AI in Dota that could like beat the world championship teams? Yeah, deep, deep something. I forget. It, well, no, deep. I don't. I think it was called something else. It was yeah, called it beat AI. Gary Kasparov in chess. I got you. No, I'm talking about the one in Dota that beat the Dota team called OpenAI. Anyways, yeah, my yeah. point I was is merging what two if, things. Continue. What if instead of paying millions of dollars for players, what if we paid? some uh programmers who work on this stuff millions of dollars to make our north american team that's true and instead of sending these players we just send a robot and we get cloud9 tsm and tl to sell to like microsoft amazon and tesla and their ai it's just their ais fighting on behalf of north america they'll have just as much personality as a lot of our players (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck um oh boy yeah okay um anyway let's uh <laughs> let's I'm, I'm trying to pull back from... if if you were one of the the bottom tier teams wouldn't you rather spend your million dollar budget on some programmers yeah yeah i mean you'd save money as expensive as engineers are you would save money you would save money okay um Oh, okay. Oh, Jazuke's in the chat, and he says XD. So uh, he's he's clearly on board with this. <laughs> clearly not one of the players I'm talking about, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's any pro players in the chat, just want to let you know, we're talking about the other pro players. <laughs> yeah, definitely not, not you guys. You. Not you. All the cool kids watch Hotline League. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the, the boring pro players, they're not watching this content, okay? They're just playing solo queue. Okay. Uh, uh, Jazuke in the chat says, love you too, Mark Z. Okay, glad glad to see it. Um, oh, this is gonna be a fun episode. I can already tell we're already off the uh, dramatically off the rails. Um, so, Mark, I forgot to mention, you do anything recently? I feel like this is setting up for something. No, no, no. Uh, like normally, we talk about stuff. We we normally have our small like banter, non League of Legends conversation at the start, and like uh, why not do that for I- five minutes? I watched um, Halloween Kills. I'm, I'm going to watch Dune this weekend. I'm really excited for like all the stuff coming up because there's this, there's Wheel of Time. There's some other stuff I can't remember right now that I'm interested in. Uh, but yeah, Halloween Kills. I, it was funny because it was kind of bad. And there was almost a like narrative thematic through line that I really liked where I thought that it was critiquing a lot of like m- character arcs in um, thrillers where, like, or slashers where like there's this hero mindset and Jamie Lee Curtis's character is like, it's all about me. And one character's like, no, it's not. And then there's like these people like trying to be like, we got to kill evil tonight. And all the townspeople get whipped up in a furor and they like, like chase the wrong guy and like minor spoilers. 
I mean, you know it's the wrong guy the moment you see him on the screen. So it's just like showing how like this mob mentality and all these things can like be bad. But then it does absolutely nothing with this these like ideas and plots. And like as soon as they kill the wrong guy, immediately the guy's like, I gotta make up for this by going and killing the right one. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't I don't know if this movie's actually saying something or not. And I, I couldn't get over it. Um But uh it was it was a fun ride. It was really dumb. All right. Well, I watched Dune, but I and I have a lot to say about it, but I will not until after you've watched it. Cause I, Thursday, I, I'll be watching it. Yeah, yeah, you and I need to have a fresh conversation. We'll do that at the, uh, well, we'll have to find a quiet place for our scuffed costume, Halloween costume thing that's happening on, on Sunday. Mark and I are hosting a... Is, you, is it officially Sunday? Yeah, because it's on Halloween. Oh, right. Six o'clock. Interesting. Interesting. Why is that interesting? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. That. I just figured we'll do it earlier in the evening. That way, uh, we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out later. What about you? Are you doing anything interesting? I've already invited some people. Ender's coming at six o'clock. Um, fine. What about me? So I saw Dune, and then uh, I also watched randomly because I know this came out like a year and a half ago or something like that. But I watched Good Omens, um, the oh, Terry yeah. Pratchett thing with David Tennant and uh, is it mm-hmm. Martin? Sheen? I, I always get them all no, mixed up. I, I forget who it is. But it's it's Martin. It's something very close to it. I know, I know Martin Sheen is West Wing and Elusive Man, but Martin, it's very close to Sheen. And, and the guy Michael Sheen. The party Michael Sheen. That's what it is. Michael Sheen. Okay. Anyway, I really like that. I thought it was fun. I mean, it was a little goofy, but I was uh, lighthearted. I mean, it's Terry Pratchett. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Neil Gaiman, it's going to be. Yeah. Neil Gaiman like, ran, the, ran the show, apparently. I found out recently, even though it was supposed to be a limited series one-off, they decided to do a second season because it was so good. Um, oh, Sandman, too. There was a trailer that dropped for Sandman by Neil Gaiman that looked fucking awesome, and Charles dances in it. So Nice. Well, all right. Anyway, there goes our, our little media spiel. Oh, wait, one last thing. Uh, Mark, I officially have my two teams going in Genshin. Dick, dude, let's run some dungeons together. Let's run yeah. some dungies. We can do some that. domains. But I went through and was doing some of the uh, spire, like the eight, like spire eight or whatever, the one right before it gets real. And oh my god, I was just stomping it. It felt so good. Okay, now we resume our regular programming. Uh, this is where Jordan, who does the timestamps for this, she'll have to <laughs> be like a quick interlude and then back to League of Legends content. Uh, should we? start taking calls do you have any in the waiting room yet you don't i haven't pulled any yet but uh there, there are things that i just need to read through them i, was I will explain here i will explain how the show works while mark does his thing uh so first off this is a call-in show if you've never listened to it before we'd love to take your takes we do these every the show every, live every sunday or sorry sunday monday at seven o'clock pacific monday seven o'clock pacific on my twitch channel so if you're listening to the podcast or you're uh watching it on youtube you can always come through uh please do exclamation mark discord in the chat if you would like to grab uh, access to our discord then put your take in the pleb topics chat or if you're a subscriber thank you for being a sub you can put that into the sub topics chat we love our subscribers uh because it allows me to buy pizza for mark z's and, and my party on a not party it's a gathering i need to i'm avoiding saying party it's going to be a small group of people and everyone will be vaccinated. Uh, I might even be boosted. Do you have any chance vaccine now. cards at the door? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have somebody there doing it. No, I might even have the booster by then, by the way, because I found out that I'm approved for a booster. 
now. I can go do that this week. Uh, anyway, that's how the show works. We take your your takes, Mark picks of them, and decides which ones are good and which ones are bad. Uh, and by the way, there are some people that will say things like, I can't believe they didn't take my take. And then it's like, what is your take? And your take is like, the ping in ba- is bad at, in North America, and it stops us from being competitive. Here's, here's a here's an example of a take that's in there right now, and I don't want to give the person's name because I'm about to flame it a little bit, but LCK is the strongest region this year again because they have been able to produce the best, most consistent teams for two years in a row now. They're, they're the best because they're the best. What, what do I say to that? True. We're not trying to flame anybody, though. But that's an example You're of a... That like, sometimes it's, we are struggling to find good takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then people ask, it. people will be like, I can't believe they took that take about how, you know, C9's going to make it to finals or something. And it's like, well, we got those takes. And then we've also got takes like North America will perform moderately average in the world's uh, championships or whatever. Should we create, by the way, should we create for this episode and maybe for next week's episode a, like, blacklist of of uh, topics, like, takes, like, we don't want to hear about how ping is bad and, like, the ping is what's holding us back. We've talked about that a ton. I mean, mostly the stuff that are on is on the NA spinner, probably, but... but I, I mean, we, I, I think next week we can spend the first portion of the show getting callers and do, like, a little bit reacting, like, predicting finals and that kind of stuff and reacting to semis and then we can just do any spinner for the rest of the episode or something okay okay um well regardless just please don't call in with something we've talked about and i got a dm from somebody here you you flame someone anonymously just a moment ago i will flame somebody anonymously who sent me a message today a dm seems like a nice enough person you know but they uh-huh. said you have a big platform why not talk about the obvious one ping NA is worse since the pool of players are lower and have worse gameplay to begin with. Double Lift and other pros talk about this, but do you know why nothing changes? And I'm like, we've talked about this so much. It might be like the thing we have talked about the most in almost 200 episodes of Hotline League. And I've obviously, obviously talked about it in a bunch of other places. So when people hit me up and they're like, why don't you talk about this? I'm just like, ah! Travis? You need to do it. The Onion does. Whenever I'm, this is a bit serious, but you know, whenever there's a, a shooting in America, they they run the same article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like the, why? How could uh, there's how no could way this, this happen yeah, in yeah. the only country this happens at consistently? Kind right, of thing. Right, like exactly. You need to make a video that is how did NA? How could NA have failed at Worlds this year? And you just put it out every single year, and you just change the thumbnail a little bit. That's true. And like maybe you just whatever the team intro. made it the furthest. Yeah, just... you just redo the intro. Be like, well, C9 just lost to this team in three yeah, yeah. Uh, zero three at Worlds this year, and I want to take a look at how they do this. And like, you clearly like the next clip. You're clearly younger. Yes, you're in yes. Different clothing. It's actually such a smart idea. I just do it every year, and I'm just like, if you think about, here are the reasons. Ping. Uh, you know, lower talent pool. Um, you know, whatever. So just, the players don't play as much. The just change the intro and the outro the for the video every time. It's actually yeah, such just, a good idea. And then you only need to get angry once. Like you only need the emotion the first time you record it, and you you can yeah. whip it up. I'm sure. You know what? Like, I at some point in time, somebody's gonna get smart because you and I have all these great ideas on the show, and then we never ex- execute on them, like baked or based. And at some point in time, somebody should just watch the show. 
and then just use the ideas that we're too lazy to execute on to actually create better content than what we create. Um, Victor base, I would actually do though. We what should we do it? I mean, I don't know. We should talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it at our our uh, scuffed costume gathering on. That's Sunday. a great idea. Stolen, dude. That's what every piece of content is in the world. Is just fucking taking an idea that already exists and repackaging it. What do you think this show is? It's just talk radio. And we didn't even come up with it from talk radio. We stole it from like Lily or Pokey or someone who was interviewing their fans on Discord. True. True. Um, by the way, Mark, I just want to say yeah. your skin's looking a little blue lately, and I, I think you should really look into some sort of product to help you out. With <laughs> oh, shit. Um, uh, so, like, <laughs> we don't I have to talk I, about it here. I just wanted to make the joke. I just wanted no, to make no, no. the joke. I, I may, it brings up a joke that I wanted to do, but I felt like it would be too disrespectful to actually do, you know, and like tweet out. Yeah. Uh, but the idea I have for my joke was like I wanted to pretend like I had made a skincare product and I just like literally don't know what's in it and like what it does and it's just like dirt I scooped up from outside and put in a mug and I'm just smearing it on my face Ugh. I, I, I you know I was like this is I, guess, I just wanted to be like satirical about it but I know it would be interpreted as like you know flaming yeah yeah I wanted to make a I, I did it as an at reply to somebody but I had the idea of tweeting out as soon as I saw it, I'm sure somebody else has done this since then, but I really wanted to do the the Arrested Development Tobias just, like, blue <laughs> look where and just be uh, like... <laughs> just that's be like, that's yeah, a the, pretty good one. Yeah, the blue light pollution effects are serious and people shouldn't be making you, jokes about this. Or you just, like... I bought Reflect and that's, like, what it, it looks like on you. Like, I go to myself <laughs> and Reflect for, yeah, yeah. Myself for like, yeah. gaming sessions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's, we should. These are all. Uh, too many, these are, too, these are the ideas that we come up with, but we never actually make because it's gonna like rub people the wrong way for understandable reasons. Yeah, and yeah they're yeah. just funny ideas where we're not actually trying to like roast people. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I I sometimes envy the people that are just like isolated creating content on their own someplace else, like, and they just don't have to. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Okay. So. Uh, it looks like we have some people in the waiting room. You wanna? Should we launch into this? Oh yeah, let's let's go. Okay. <clears throat> While Mark is gone, thank you to uh, a ton of people. Actually, right before the start of the stream, we had like this giant sub sub thing went off. Uh, Clock Cruncher for eleven months and gifting ten subs. Nuclei for sixteen months. Ups upset platypus. Opium call. Excuse me. Oh, you were you were quick. Okay, here we go. Closer by tomorrow is back. You were here last Hello. week, right? I was. Uh, what do you where, remind everyone where you're calling from? Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. That's right, because that last week was the episode where everyone from Mark's hometown called in. What do you What do you <laughs> want to talk about on the show? So I just kind of want to talk about the C9 game today. It was kind of a hard loss. Um, just thinking about it, like if they wanted to run the roster back for next year, they would need no changes if they wanted to win NA. But very clearly, with the twelve million dollar purchase, memes aside, you know, like that's very clearly their intention is to be winning internationally. And I just don't think if that's their goal, then they can really do that. Their team just, you know, even the team has talked about them never being on the same page. For example, like they do great set setup for objectives, and then all of a sudden they'll go in in a four v five, and then all of a sudden they don't have the objective anymore. Or, you know, like, Sven will get caught in a random thing. It just happens all the time. I just feel like they're trying to 
make 2020 spring happen again. And that only works when you're grossly better than all of your opponents, which is what happened in 2020 spring. And the reason this doesn't work anymore is because they have too many resource intensive players. Like they can carry from four positions on this team and all of them act like they want to play that way. And they just can't because they're not getting all of the gold to do that unless they're slamming their opponent. So I think I, like, good. I was gonna say what the, what you said, if you flip a couple of moments in games one and three, they're up two one in the series. I thought this was going to be a copium call, but now you're like, man, they're dead can, in the water if they don't change things up for international. Success. I mean, I did say that. I, <laughs> I can go re, I can uh, re-emphasize any of the points you want me to, but you know, like the take was kind of long. Yeah, well, I uh, I thought you were going right, to do the cop, if you want to do the copium call, I can do that. Like no, 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 a couple of moments. A couple no, of no, moments. I, we should talk about whatever it is that your your take is. I, I like both. I mean, we we can we can take some time here. I think. Okay. The flip a couple moments one was interesting to me because watching the game, you know, like, yes, C9 got kind of crapped on, but there were some moments where things were going well. They got an ace and then a Baron in the first game and took bot inhibitor. Game three, they were up for, I don't know what it was, like the first 15 minutes of the game. Um, so they, game they one, a couple thousand exactly right. like they gave up the soul in game one for some reason. Like, that's just poor setup. You know what I mean? Like... Hmm. Genji just kind of pulled it over there, and if you if Zven gets the bomb on the Soul Drake or the Elder Drake, or that you know Blabber gets in the pit like half a second earlier to kick Clit out, you know that Baron's theirs. You, I know, don't, you flip a couple of those moments and they win. I, I don't know why they didn't just cycle the dragons, but um, yeah, <laughs> I think was Co was Kobe like intentional there? I couldn't tell. I, I have no. <laughs> idea. I, I think know. sometimes your brain just like literally tells you something that's not true, and you say it, and then you're like, "Wait, what the fuck, brain? I know that's not true." Like sometimes I do that with like a, especially with items. Like I will say something about an item that was true like two seasons ago, and then I'm like, "Wait a minute, they changed that shit. Why did I just say that?" Because uh, you're just kind of like going I think off. He's gone through a lot. I don't. Have, to be fair, I don't, I, there was never a time where cycling dragons was a thing. So I don't yeah, know. I was just I was Kobe's just making just a joke. Tripping. But back back to the matter at hand. Uh, so I guess Mark, are we are we talking? We're not talking about the the copium take then. Not yet. So the only thing I'll say about the copium take is the series did have some bright spots, but I don't think they were ever actually that close to winning the game. Um, like even when they took the bot inhibitor, you know, they didn't or bot inhibitor turret, they didn't take the bot inhibitor. They didn't really have like, oh, we were inches away from winning that game. Like we threw on the Nexus turrets or something. So I, I still think like we were a couple plays away from winning any of those games. Especially in game three, you know, like despite having a good early game lead, wasn't didn't really mean much. So um the the copium take for me is one that I was gonna disagree with, but it doesn't really sound like close closer by tomorrow even really agrees with it it was more like hey it was a slightly more competitive but they're doing for next year i think like like i said they could have gone 2-1 i don't think even from there they would have won you know what i mean like i think they were close to winning a couple of games but it's not like they were going to take the series either way so your your copium take is actually more just like it, it wasn't it's, not, it's like not it's not it's the anti it's like the the tricky copium or like the fake copium I mean, we need to retire that word anyway but it's like the it's almost like bait in that you're like, yeah, this team has potential, but not enough potential. Which is what we've been saying all year. Have we? I mean, they made it I to... Like... I don't think we said it when they were on their way to MSI for Iceland. I just think that, like, 
people were high on it or you know like happy to go through with it and then msi came around you know like oh there's some moments of brilliance and there is then you lose to pentanet and the same thing happened this tournament you know yeah. like there's a lot of potential there's a lot of high highs and really low lows yeah no that's very true they they never seemed really consistent um so getting to your your main point which i think is they should not run back this roster is that like a, a succinct way of they want to win in they, yes you're right they don't they should not if they want to win further than quarters okay <clears throat> I mean, I don't even know if they could get much further than quarters, or like even get to quarters consistently, right? Like, not to take away what they accomplished, but also if if FPX had delivered the on the way that people expected, I don't I don't know if they would have. Well, made it. one thing I'll say against that though is that only one team has made for it for the quarters ever in North America. No, 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 so yeah. Like, so so getting further than quarters is not really much of a guarantee either. Yes. Um. So I think I might be convincing myself I'm not sure I agree with the call. Like, <laughs> you, you did as good as North America does the vast majority of time at international tournaments. Um, and I don't think a change is suddenly going to make you better necessarily. Okay, well, might... here's, here's the counter-argument, Mark, from a business perspective. They did... Well, sure, there, there's a business angle, sure. But, but yeah. he was talking more about, like, this team has reached its ceiling and some... Like, there's something fundamentally dysfunctional about this roster that would not allow them to get further than they are now and my point is even if that is true they still did as well as any north american team usually does and assuming you can go further by trying to fix this fundamental problem might i mean you might just i just think worse. they you, like you a counter argument is tsm it i i hear what you're saying which is like hey this this roster can do the best north america almost always does right so Maybe it's a reason to, to keep it. Is that what you're saying, Mark? Right. As long as there's no fundamental personality issues, because personality issues are, you know, not going to go away. Yeah. Play style, gameplay issues, people peak and dip at different points in time. Maybe there's a, a world where you give this team another crack and next worlds, they actually are gelling together as a full five-man unit. Um, I just think yeah. that the... So here's here's where like the business side of it comes in, and and I know some people want to divorce this stuff from it, but I think it's it's not not you, Mark, but like other people, fans might. But like the I think Jack spent to try to go very far at Worlds, right? Like to either match the Cloud Nine best before, which was semis, or to make it to finals. They stumbled across the finish line into quarters, and ended up banging that happen. But like I just don't. Like, this is not where he's spending the money or where Cloud9 is spending the money to get to. And so that's why, like, I would continue to say, like, even if they're hitting about where North America's been able to in the past, like, I think they're spending outrageous amounts of money to, to do so. And uh, that's that's why, like, I would argue try to find, you know, either some other players that are less expensive that can do about the same, which I don't think is, like... I, look, for the amount of money that, that was being spent on these players, I don't think they were performing astronomically better than, than their peers. Sure. So I'd be I, like, who made MSI? Who got furthest at Worlds? True. true. Maybe that's what Perk says whenever Jack enters the office. He just waves his hands like, like he just who did. Who got further than me, motherfucker? That's yeah, all yeah, you say. That's true. He's probably going to say Gen G. Um, 
<laughs> okay. So and then Mark's Mark, probably like, if you can get BDD, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I do think there is like a fundamental problem. I like personality stuff aside because that's completely speculation. You know, I like I don't want I don't like talking about that type of stuff. But I, what I can see is that you know Blabber is very resource intensive, and while he's mechanically gifted. I just think that there needs to be like a release of a pressure valve somewhere, you know, like an Smithy or a Yankos type of jungler would work. And that's why Niski works so well. You know what I mean? But just because it's like he played for the team there. Having someone, one of these players play for the team is taking them out of their comfort zone and it's causing some issues, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that this team is going to, there's I'd be shocked if they run it back. I am very, very confident that they are not, and certainly like the perks rumors seem to indicate that that's probably not the case. Yeah. So Yeah, but that's I had not heard me, those. Th- those those seem more like player driven than, than management driven, it seems like, you know. Maybe. Like, I mean it could be both, right? Like I the way that the title of the article positions it, it's like, yeah, these two guys want to play together, but yeah. I can't I just can't imagine I I think if you are Jack, Steve, or Andy, you are not looking at Perks, Alfari, or Sword Art and feeling like you got what you thought you were paying for after this year. And that's, by the way, I know some people are going to be like, what the fuck? Alfari's great. True. Alfari didn't play most of the summer, which I think was probably most of the games of the, for the year or something. I don't know. But um, I, that's, you know, we don't need to broaden out too much from the Perks thing, but like I, I can't imagine Perks or Cloud9 are particularly thrilled with how the the relationship has gone so far. Uh, speculation, speculation, I should say, but I would I would be surprised. Uh, Closer, thanks so much for the call. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, shout out to my friend Peter. Shout out to Gamefield Alienware. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much for the call. Shout out to my friend Peter. I hope he had a good time at ADC this past weekend. Okay, um, another caller. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Uh, thank you to Adam for the Prime, MSU Gerard, Hippo Squirrel, Babu to Ocelot, uh, Quiet Pirate, and then Alien. Thank you for the ten gifted subs. Very nice of you. Hope I'm saying your your name right. Fog Warning, Sheldizi, 1997, Cruellas. Blue Frost, uh, Rico Suave, uh, and Smoke Dog. All right. Nighting is here. Wait, did I just read off your name? I did. And you're on the show. Perfect timing. Amazing how that works, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, funny how that works. Get it, Twitch chat? No, don't say that because somebody in the chat earlier was complaining that they don't get pulled even though they're subbing. That is not how this works. Um, Really? This how if you donate, maybe there's even maybe that's the problem. You Jesus. subbed, but have you donated? Jesus. Okay. Well, nighting. Uh, wait. Have you been on the show before? I know you've been a sub forever. No, I haven't. First time. Oh well. Oh, welcome really? to the show. Yes. Um. Thank yeah. You. You're always in the chat, so it's cool to have you on the show. Where are you calling from? Uh, Vegas. Vegas. Okay. Cool. Did yeah. you go to EDC? Are you? <laughs> no, I go to school out here, so it's a bit less fun. But yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I'm calling about the the Reddit thread about Perks and Alfari being on the same team. I sure. think the best or the most like reasonable, I think, or the most uh, most what's it called predictable would be TL and C9 trading the top lane contracts. So C9 gets Alfari, TL gets Perks. 
Great, but isn't the point that they're on the same team? Yeah, yeah. So C9 get Alfari, so and they keep perks. And TL gets Fudge. Fudge. Okay, sorry. I misunderstood what you were saying. Okay. So I think um from the C9 point of view, first of all, I don't think that I don't think Jack is gonna sell perks after just making quarters. The first year that perks joined, they made quarters. I don't think Jack is looking to sell perks after that. So and I think that's the most reasonable option for Alfari if he wants to play with perks. And from the TL side, I think it's more interesting because first of all, like you mentioned last week, uh Steve might want to get rid of uh Alfari because of all the drama that happened over the season. But also another thing you mentioned is how if they get fudge, it opens up uh import slot to replace tactical so you can get an import ADC, aka reckless, but any import ADC. I don't everybody's on the reckless train. I just don't yeah, what about I mean, the Han Sama or the Karzi train? I am much more on the Han Sama train than I am on the the Reckless train. I if I had to bet on one of those two players making it over here, especially on a top team, I think I'd I'd bet on Han Sama. But um, sorry, continue knighting. So yeah, I think that's the most reasonable in my opinion because uh, they okay. get they get imp- they get import slot plus they get off fight Alfari with all the drama and get Fudge instead, which is who's not a bad top laner by any means either. Well, this is funny because I I think I just mentioned, or we ended that last call with me saying I can't imagine Perks is going to stay on C9, but you think it's likely that he'll stay there. I think it is, given how they made their first year joining the team. They made quarters, and they haven't made quarters since, what, 2018? And that's this is the best NA's done since that time. So I don't think he's looking to sell Perks. I, I mean... Like, here's the thing. I'm happy we made it out of groups. The majority of it is so that I don't have to hear EU fans being like, uh-huh, you never make it out of groups. Like, I'm not particularly thrilled that, like, hooray. Like, if, I, if I'm if i Jack, yay, we made it out of groups and then got shit on by... Oh, didn't get shit on, but got 3-0'd by Gen G. Like, eh, like, I don't feel like you're like, oh, I can't... I have to make sure that I, I maintained a lot of this roster so that we can maybe make it a little bit better like and and honestly didn't fudge especially in the spring finals like pretty much beat out alfari like i feel like they were pretty neck and neck for best top laners this season so maybe perks wants that but i don't know if that's what c9 should want 19 um i guess but wouldn't you Take a, or wouldn't you at least listen to your star player? Like if you buy, if you spend so much money on him, and you put a lot of eggs in his basket, wouldn't you give him a? Wouldn't you at least listen to opinion and take it in consideration? If he says he wants to play Alfari and he thinks Alfari is an upgrade from Fred Fudge, I'd say you should at least consider that. If it was most teams that aren't C9, I would say yes. But C9 does not, in my opinion, have a pretty long history of prioritizing like player wants or decisions. Or even being that like attached to their players. I mean, like I I anticipate that there will probably be like pretty popular or surprising decisions. Sorry, pretty popular players, even potentially leaving C9, only because Jack has shown he's willing to do that stuff very frequently. And then you know hashtag no refunds on the other side of it. So I um like I I don't think that C9 is the type of org where like. Perks goes and says, this is what I want. And Jack says, let's make it happen. I think that's more kind of like what, honestly, I think that's even more of like a Bjergsen thing. Like I, I anticipate that Bjergsen will be acting as like a, 
uh, proxy GM for whichever team he's trying to go to this offseason um, uh, because I think that that's, that's what he's going to want to do is like have, have kind of roster control, whereas like I just don't think Perks is probably likely going to have that on C9. So you think it's more, li- more, more likely that Jack sells Perks as opposed to Jack picking up Alfari for uh... As yes, that is okay. that is my. I think it is far more likely that Perks leaves C nine than Alfari joins the C nine lineup. Mark, any thoughts? There's also the uh, import slot problem. If you bring in Alfari, you need to get rid of uh, Sudan, which I think some people sound like they already think he's on the out, anyways, in in the community. Not like I've heard rumors that that's true, but like, um, you know, I, I think. The fans seem open to the idea of making changes in the bot lane, so I don't know who they would end up grabbing, because um, they would need to be Osh or NA, if that's the case. So picking up Alfari is not just like a one-to-one swap, like it kind of is in your mind right now. You also have to figure out what you're doing with your bot lane in that in, uh, situation. Maybe, I mean, Peter Dunn in chat says tactical, like that could be another component of the yeah, swap. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, um. But again, then, like, yeah, I mean, th- then you're bringing Tactical, who also did not have a fantastic Worlds. So, yeah, you're you're bringing two players from a team that performed worse than you. Well, I shouldn't say performed worse because there's probably some debate about which of those, but did not make it as far as you. Um, I don't know, Nining. I I appreciate the take because I do think it's like interesting to theory craft would that potentially happen i just i i think i i would be your surprised. your bet travis would be that the two players make a stink and they just get traded to an org that's willing to spend for that yeah right? i i agree with maniaco's i shouldn't say take but they they seem to be reporting that uh vitality is the most likely candidate or is like one of the candidates or something. Okay. There are several interested teams, including vitality is what this Reddit thread headline says. Um, I, I think vitality could play a major role in the soft season. And this is a, in my opinion, a good time to be trying to build a super team and vitality is supposedly always wanted to build a super team. And so a world where like Bjerg is supposedly out there and perks and Alfari are supposedly out there. And, I don't know, whoever else, like, uh, Whippo is, you know, rumored to be exiting Fnatic, which I think wouldn't be surprising given how things went down recently. I know there's a lot of people that are on the board, the Reckless Hive train, like, it's a good time to be Vitality wanting to build a super team. And so that is why I feel like, like, if I had to bet right now, financially, some sort of money, I would say Perks and Alfari end up on Vitality. It's like speculation speculation i always have to say this stuff because otherwise there's a reddit thread that spawns that's like travis is saying this is going to happen but um uh, and in fact even when i say speculation it still sometimes happens but that is that is sort of my theory to counter your theory nighting and we'll see we'll see which one of us ends up correct it's also because it's like the first year of both of them so i i know i'm not a team owner i don't know how jack and steve think but i would think if i'm spending that much money for these like top tier talents i would give them more than a year but again i'm not either so. you are not an lcs team yeah. owner all right here's how lcs team owners think did i did i go further than any team has ever gone at worlds no all right time to make massive changes um that is why this scene is just a set of musical chairs we'll have 
probably, if, if Perks and Alfari leave the region, we'll have brought in three hype imports and then said goodbye to them within the same year. Uh, because that is how LCS is these days. Um, who, who cares about building a fucking brand? Okay, Nighting, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, just shout out to you guys. Been watching for a long, really long time. I uh, love the show. Uh, shout out to my class team, Doobie, Squidbot, and Hundipity. Uh Yeah, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Have a good one. Thanks. I think it's cool when you get a, a long time listener calling in where it's like, oh, well, we recognize, we just assumed you had called him before because we always see him in, in Twitch chat and stuff. Yeah. No, they've been uh, 19. Let's see if I can I can user ID them and see how long they've been in the chat. But uh, yeah, that that is a name I have read off many times and responded to many times. So it's super cool to have something like that. Yeah, they've been following since June 2018. Uh, so thank you, Nighting, for calling in. Uh, and honestly, it should probably be a mod at some point in time because they've had very minimal timeouts, and those are probably all for saying the the c word. Okay, uh, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about. Alienware. Uh, Alienware is awesome, as you guys may be aware. But just in case you have forgotten, they are very awesome. Go to Alienware.com slash Travis to check out their products. We love what they do. It's so awesome. And they have uh, launched their new Alienware desktop, uh, the Aurora. It's a revision for their big, big anniversary you love to see it. There's a bunch of coverage of it right now uh, because I don't believe it is available yet for purchase because they've announced it, but it hasn't hit the uh, the shelves yet. But it's uh, fantastic that they've been able to do this. Uh, and the new case is beautiful. So if you're sitting around and you're thinking like, hey, I might want to get a new desktop computer this holiday season. Or like maybe, you know, you got some big purchase that's coming up. Take a look at the new Alienware Aurora, you can actually, there's, as I said, like, just go look at the coverage around it and see uh, how beautiful this thing is. It's got a glass panel, if you want, which is something that's not available on their current desktop, and it looks so cool. Uh, I know that I'm going to have one uh, for myself, but quite frankly, and I don't know which side the glass panel is on, so it might be an issue, but uh, if it's on the correct side, I almost kind of want to replace the editor computer behind me with a glass panel one, just because I know it's going to look so good in the background of this and because alienware supports me i can literally think about the cosmetic appearance of the background computer because it's um it's pretty cool i love i love having them there so anyway thank you so much to alienware uh it is awesome to have their support uh and i i really love uh working with them they've been fantastic to to work with uh for quite some time and uh and somebody in the chat said do they have supply chain issues that cause everything to take six months? Not six months. There are some things that are, are taking a little longer on their side, but for instance, I'm looking at an R12 gaming desktop right now that is on their, their site with a 3060 Ti in it. That's available to deliver to my area. You can get it by November 1st, uh, actually, poten potentially, the 1st through the 4th, which is obviously not too far away. So you might want to take a look. Uh, different shipping dates based off of different stuff, and obviously supply chain issues are a thing, but... I think it's not going to take as long as perhaps you might think to answer the question. Anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for their support, and uh, we appreciate your support of Alienware. Check the, the link in the description. Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, where are we? Thank you to Rico Suave, Smoke Dog, Jordan, 
uh, a booty warrior, great name. Team Corgi mid, uh, Decrab, uh, Pro Star, uh, Lucid, Xari, uh, Xari for uh, five months. Thank you. Avura and Jaffe fifty eight. Uh, Ika is here. Ika, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from West Virginia. West Virginia. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I'm calling to talk about how the emphasis on international success has really devalued the LCS as a scene and the domestic product as a whole. Oh, interesting. I just had a passive-aggressive comment about this. Uh, <laughs> why don't, you, uh, why don't you, you expand upon your take? <clears throat> so I think when you uh, focus all your success on something on the international scene, um, we can't really replicate the conditions, and I'm not going into that because, as you mentioned, that's been beaten over the head of the brick. Um, we can't replicate the <clears throat> uh, factors that go into the LCK and the LPL, but um, I still think the reason the LCS is consumed is ultimately for convenience and easier access to the personalities involved. So I don't. I've never had an illusion watching it that it's the best product in the world, and you know, like the MLS isn't the best soccer in the world. But it's fun and it's easily consumed for American audiences. And I don't really think anyone actually cares about how the Americans participating do internationally. So that that last part, I think I'm a little, I'm a little uh, disagree disagreement on you because I know I know people will that have been watching my content, especially throughout this year, will know that I am like, hey, everybody needs to like calm down on international performance. Like the reason viewership is down is not because we didn't do well at MSI or something, but. I do think people care. I do think people care a lot about how we do at Worlds. I just don't know if they I care. Think he, he was saying soccer fans like are not gonna shit on a player's year when they. Well, I mean it happens less often necessarily, but like like the international performances of players does not reflect as heavily on their year to MLS fans. Yeah, Maybe I mean they... the, M the MLS is taken off in spite of the US not being great at you know internationally speaking. But were you saying um, that MLS I, fans don't care about how those teams do or those players do internationally speaking? Yes. So that's and that again, I think that's the one difference is I do think I, I I'm not an MLS fan, but I do think NA fans really do care. I just don't think that they care so much that they will stop watching, and I don't well, think that like they care more about how we do internationally than they care about do I like this player? Do I feel I have a connection to this team? Are you talking do about I... soccer or league, Travis? Because you just said NA, and I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about league. I'm saying the comparison between MLS and LCS falls apart for me if the That's callers his take... Point. His point is that that disconnect is what the North American league fans need to get into their head, is that you, you are not watching... You should not be watching for that dopamine hit when you crush korea in a best of five at worlds and then you invalidate the other nine months of the year yeah that doesn't I happen yeah i mean i and i think uh, that has a lot to do with the you know c9s tsms and tls of the world framing world success way higher than domestic success so like you know people are talking way more about cloud nine doing what they've done than they ever would have talked about 100 thieves winning domestically like it's just a bigger deal uh and that's because of how it's been framed i think do you think it's a bigger deal uh, I I kind of feel like it's only a bigger deal right now. Like I I agree that in the past people have really harped on international stuff, but I actually think that the majority of the season, people are not going to be talking about Cloud Nine failing or making it to quarters or failing in quarters. 
I think that they're more likely going to be talking about like can hundred T win again or like when Team Liquid was winning back to back to back to back like I heard Captain Flowers that line over and over and over again whereas there wasn't a ton of like well you know I I think like right around Worlds is when people really care about the international stuff and talk about it a lot I don't Mark do you disagree but, but I, yeah I think from a like broadcast perspective of course we're not going to talk that much about worlds i mean we're actively trying to get away from conflating worlds and international success with like a player's entire year like that's an that's an active goal to like yeah. shift the perspective right. but i don't think for the fans and the players that that's how it is i i, I think i saw it on reddit somewhere today someone in the c9 press conference said spring didn't matter again like the players themselves are devaluing their own league and their own success so, like, of course fans are going to pick up on that. Like, Doublelift has said it multiple times. I'm pretty sure C9, someone on C9 said it. I could be wrong in the press conference. Yeah, um, I, think the, I think the attitudes of the major organizations on that really dissuade me from being a viewer, honestly, because it's like, I, I can say personally, I was really brought in this year by, like, EG and Peter Dunn's approach to things. And it was like, I found it to be really refreshing. Uh, whereas, like, the typical approach of, well, Perks is going to be uh, fine for most of the year and into a few games away, but he'll show up for Worlds or he'll show up for this event. And it's like, well, that's great, but that's, like, one twentieth of my viewing experience. I, I, I don't know why the league's being catered to that. So I'm super I'm super torn on this take because I really agree with a lot of it, but I also see kind of, like, like part of the reason why it's tough, like, this, it's it's really tough right now because... You're right. Like people really harped on Perks will show up for Worlds and it's he entered some games and whatever. But like the player you should be talking about is potentially Jazuke, who won first all pro as a mid laner, but then he's not at Worlds, right? Like he he had the good regular season, but then he didn't make it to Worlds, so it's really tough to like continue the narrative through line for him as a player until we get back to like spring split. Right. Right. But to, to the caller's point, like Okay, he's not at Worlds. We don't need to talk about Jazuke, but like the the players at Worlds are reflecting on their whole year. Like the whole thing was a waste because TL didn't get out of groups, even though they they won lock in and they nearly won spring and they were in, they they made two finals in a row. They had like a good year, like a decent year. Um, but like imagine if flipping the perspective, I don't follow MLS at all. So fucking correct me if you can think of a better example. But like imagine someone fucking won the MLS that year, then joined the, the international soccer team, got dumpstered, and then that person in a press conference immediately after losing the international competition is like, man, fuck my, my domestic success. Fuck winning the... It didn't mean anything that I won the MLS this year. You know, and they just down-talk their own accomplishments. You know, like, that's basically what's happening with our, with our players and our teams that they often write off um, what they're doing for the majority of the year. You know, the counter argument to this is, I know you haven't seen the press conference yet, Mark, but I asked Perks in the press conference, uh, in part because I thought there was a chance he might be leaving Cloud9. Okay, so you spent this year with Cloud9. Uh, you know, what What do you think about what you were able to accomplish here? Because I don't know if he was going to be like, ah, I didn't do enough or whatever. But he was very proud. He's like, honestly, like, I think we did a great job. Um, and we won spring and we went to msi and people don't realize how hard it is to win a championship when you have all these competitive teams and like he did i think a pretty good job of really celebrating the success that cloud nine had this this year so 
I don't know. Maybe I mean, it's good, some players. Good maybe for some him. I, yeah. I'm, I'm probably harping a little bit too much on the, the headlines that I see on Reddit. Yeah. You know, um, because it's not like the entire team is, is shitting on it, to be fair. Like, I haven't heard every single player be like, man, we didn't do anything this year. But I think um, those are the narratives that catch on the community currently. And um, to the caller's point, some of it is on the, the, the own, like, fans themselves reframing in their mind um, and focusing on, like, hey, nine times out of ten, you're going to be fucking disappointed if, like, if this world didn't make you happy as an NA fan, as a Cloud9 fan, if you didn't get any joy <laughs> from this world, I have very fucking bad news for you, <laughs> for your long-term viewership experience. I'm so of, curious. Of American I, League of Legends. Like, what, no... do you, what do you think you're getting into? If, if, if you watch this, and you're like, man, well, fuck all this shit this year. Like, what do you think you're watching for most years? You know what's interesting is... Uh, I have no data or anything like this other than my own channel to talk about it. But I, I really wish I had some sort of information on how, if, how much NA fans are watching Worlds these days. Because I, I suspect that they are not watch Like, I get that the people that watch this show are very hardcore and, like, they are really going to do that. Even, like, the Reddit community is, like, the most hardcore, um, you know, I'm guessing, what, five, top 5% or something like that of, of viewership, hard, hardcoreness, dedication. But I, I do wonder if the general LCS audience doesn't watch Worlds that much anymore. I mean, my, my Worlds viewership has gone pretty far down. Um, and I know that, that like, other, like, I go and look and I'm like, how's Ashley stuff doing? And, like, her stuff is doing great. But I, I think mostly it's a lot of, like, the Korean audience, like, watching the interviews that she's doing. And, like, the, the LCS content she does, I think, also suffers. And so I, I do wonder if uh lcs fans are already kind of tuning out of worlds and i'm really curious for what that means for worlds in north america next year because maybe they all will tune back in because now it's going to be in a great time zone and it's going to be in like north american you know stadiums and all that stuff um i don't know but i i think this is a really interesting topic and i think could could be part of a, a really big yeah, conversation i, I mean uh, the time zone one is one that's hard to to, to gauge because we haven't had a good international tournament for a North American fan to watch in four years, five years? When's the last time that we were like, sick, going to tune in at a normal time of my day? Yeah. I mean, for East Coasters, this one's not too bad. 2019 MSI, some of that was at an okay time zone, but some of it was also in a trash time zone. Can I speak for myself real quick? Like, as yeah, a, yeah, actually, sure. yeah, so like as a viewer, I can say I've I haven't watched as much Worlds lately at all. Like, uh, especially live viewing, I may go back. I hear something's good, but like I, I I didn't watch the Mad Lion set today. I I had a pretty bad feeling. Um, I I didn't watch most of groups. Like, I I my interest in it is uh, pretty limited because I I understand what you know. I understand how the NA teams are going to contribute to it. And even to a lesser degree, the LEC teams, and uh, that's my frame of reference for League League of Legends, right? That's what I watch. It's the easiest product for me to consume. So well, I, if I they're can just tell you're not watching. I can tell you're not watching watching much because you thought Mad Lions played today. Uh, and <laughs> I was, was going to let it slide. <laughs> yes, yeah, my bad. But you know, yeah, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, you're good. Um, no, I mean, I think I think that's probably. You know, I don't know what percentage of NA fans experience, but I doubt you're the only one who is that way. Where like, you're probably already de-incentivized from watching anyways due to regional strength, and then you have to go out of your way to make an effort to even watch the games live or 
again later. So I, I think there probably is a lot a non-negligible part of any fandom that's just like over it until it becomes either more accessible or the teams do better. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh it's interesting for sure. Um is it Ika or Ika? Ika? Uh Ika. 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 Okay. Yeah, cuz some people thought you were when I first said your name the the player uh spelled with an e, but I know you don't have an e. Anyway. Oh, oh. Uh thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh not really. Shout out to uh EG and Peter Dunn. Good work, man. Yeah. I appreciate and that. Shout out uh, to you guys. Getting and Alienware. Thank you so much. Yep. Have a good one. All right. Off to the next caller. Uh, Jokey, thank you for the prime. Ari Waddle, uh, Boom, Boom Ski Ski, uh, Dingus, Bingus, Get the Thingus, thank you for the sub. Notorious Bubble, and Nightstream, thanks for the prime. Uh, really appreciate all the subs. David is here. David, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Nice. Are you are you on the road right now? Uh, I am not. Do I sound like I'm on the road? A little bit. Maybe you have a fan or something in the background. I do have a fan on. I can turn that off. Yeah, I know. I just I love the I idea you're driving from... through Dallas, oh, Texas. Oh, you're in an airplane. Like classic. Oh, that'd be even more exciting. Yeah, yeah. What do you uh, What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so I had a bit of a, a, a complex uh, take in some ways. So, uh, for context, I'm currently coaching uh, in the lower divisions of the Prime League. Uh, in in Germany, though, from Dallas, Texas, obviously. And uh, while I'm relatively new in the European League, see, it's become obvious to me that more than anything, the difference between NA and EU in terms of player quality uh, is due to the, the, the deepness of the uh, infrastructure, so to speak. Depth, depth. Uh, and that this isn't just... And Amateur's done, done something to resolve this a little bit, but I actually think only a little bit, because... What I said in my take is basically not only do European regional leagues exist as like talent development leagues for uh, for LEC organizations, in some cases they actually rival LEC organizations in terms of their ability to make offers to players. And on and above all that, what they do is they actually provide kind of a pathway uh, by which this is a uh, a career for people. There are players who've played. In fact, we were kind of just talking about one, Ica, uh, which she brought up a moment ago, who have had long, successful, uh, genuine careers and have only really touched the LEC in passing. Um, and while Amateur has resolved that a little bit, uh, we're still lacking kind of... Like, for context, I, I coach in the third division of the Prime League. So this is going down. There's the, there's the LEC, and then there's the Prime League, then there's Prime League Division 2, and then there's Prime League Division 3, which is the semi-pro division between where people are paid but not paid full-time. Uh, and it doesn't feel like we have anything like that in the U.S. And I get that a large portion of that has to do with um, the fact that Europe is this uh, polyglot society where there's all these, all these country countries that want their own league scenes and their own language and all of that but uh our lack of kind of that deep organizational um hierarchy really keeps us from having strong players because you're not you're everyone's competing for an effect kind of 20 spots 
in 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 America if in your lane. So say you're, you're trying to become a mid laner, you're competing for basically. Well, you're not just spots, you're not just competing against. Yeah, ten of which against, are, yeah, ten of which team. You're also competing against the imports too. So it's just yeah, uh, it's tough. Um, so the the ability to go professional in the U.S. is so small compared to uh, Europe. So is the um, is the basic premise of this? We need better development league stuff. Yeah, and we need more. Uh, we need more semi pro stuff. I think too, kind of that uh, place where the guy who's almost pro level can start to devote a little more time to it, get paid a little bit, and uh, begin to take it seriously as a career path. Um, counterpoint. Uh, Europe also got only one team out of groups and got three would <laughs> And uh, I'm pretty sure North America picked up more wins at the actual group stage. So I think maybe Europe needs to take something from us and start dismantling some. No. <laughs> and saying how many of those, uh, how many of those players on those teams were American players, Mark? <laughs> I, I mean, it, like, uh, Mark is memeing, but it is kind of an yeah. interesting point of like, do we should we be really looking to? Europe is inspiration because obviously they have performed better than us over the past several years, but it's not like that is it's it, they are not up there with LCK and LPL, especially well, from like a five year perspective. The LPL has this too with, uh, I don't know what used to be called the LDL. I don't know if it's still called that, but they have multiple levels of pro and semi-pro play below the LPL too. Uh, that allow players who are not quite good enough to get into the LPL yet to have it as uh, to have uh, pro play as a career that pays them and gives them time to train. No, no, they definitely. In a yeah. way. So, so these different regions definitely have development stuff. I will say that, like, it it's tough for me with this take because I think it's pretty one. I think it's been recognized previously, and so that is why they are making movements to try to create like an amateur system, and why there's been so much move to like include academy and amateur as sort of like a, a general thing together, and um, and to try to create this other ecosystem. Uh, I worry a little bit about the financial incentives that are in Europe to do something like that, whereas the financial incentives in LCS. And North America don't exist because those things don't get like the viewership that you see in the massive regional leagues like the French uh, league. Um, and so it's tough because it's like, well, I that stuff should exist. I agree. I just worry that if you force it and as we force it, like it really you need buy in from people to make it happen. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that's that's where I land on it, too, where like. It's one of these things that I think in theory everyone would agree that like it would be great if we could have you know the academy system and then the amateur system and then even like a tier below that maybe that's a, a better collegiate system they're probably not really but you know like I, I think that's that's a nice idea but to Travis's point like there is no NA market because the NA market already watches the LCS whereas like the French market can watch the eu lcs but also if you just want to watch a, a league casted in french and with french players and all this stuff you just watch the lfl and wait so can we create a, a league in north america that just has north american players in it and That'd they all really speak good. in they, yeah. they all speak in brooklyn accents <laughs> uh my counterpoint to this is we don't have riot doesn't have a quebec french league uh riot doesn't support the LCO, which now is essentially an ERL, 
for NA, and that's mean to peace because they're a very, very good organization, very good team. But so is Carmine Corp. I mean, so, the, but the counterpoint I, is, I, I don't. I think it's a weak counterpoint because they actually did support the Australian league until like they were like nobody's watching this. That was the big problem there. So it, like it kind of does go back to incentives, right? And in that like they there there are a lot of incentives for people to invest heavily into like I look. I would argue the incentives in North America to build out these development leagues is you have to spend $3 million on perks because you can find somebody in North America who will hopefully be good enough to be on your team that you don't have to spend a ton of money to bring somebody over from the, the, you know, from the top of LEC over here. I think that that is a good incentive. I don't. The problem is, is that it is kind of like a long-term incentive and it's a lot harder to sell than over in Europe where you can just be like, hey, if I start a French team and it runs in the French league, like the finals will get like 200,000 viewers or whatever it was that I got. And there's a ton of people and I can sell it to a bunch of local sponsors that are like French sponsors that have French marketing budgets. Like that is one of the big challenges that we have to solve for over here. And that is why we don't have that stuff over here. So it's, it's tough because I do think Riot and some of the teams are moving in the direction that you were saying, right? Especially yeah. with the amateur and the academy stuff. It's just tough because, like, Europe has this great advantage. Uh, like, in some ways, their weakness at the top, which is not to get too much on the business and economics of it, but, like, LCS teams can make way more money, and the LCS can make way more money than uh, the LEC, generally speaking, even with lower viewership, because we have a giant marketing base, which is North America, and it's, like, all speak one language and all that stuff like that. that that's, like, an advantage at the top. On the lower end, though, like you can get these smaller marketing budgets in the French or German or Spanish leagues and uh, get good viewership on these things because of the polyglot stuff you were talking about. And, uh, and we can, we can go like that, that, that builds itself out into a really great ecosystem. So uh, that is like the challenge that we have to solve for over here. The other thing too, is like, I doubt the LFL in it's inceptual season two, two and a half years ago, you know, cause this is its third, I think. Yeah, like, I doubt it. Yeah, so I don't know what its viewership was in its first season. I doubt it was this big, right? Like, I'm sure it's grown year over year. Um, but I would assume and hope that, like, someone at Riot has access to player base statistics, viewership statistics to say this market can probably support some league. And you don't, you know, go balls to the wall your first year in terms of, like, knowing exactly how many sponsors you're going to get, like Travis is saying, like, they have great numbers to bring into their fourth year now, but they didn't. They probably didn't project this right out the gate. But yeah. I would still hope they had some numbers to be like, "Hey, four hundred thousand people watch LEC week over week. A hundred thousand are French. What if we made a French league? Like, how much of that audience could we capture? You know, or or something like that. I'm sure. I'm sure they they addressed it in this way and stuff, uh, or at least could project. For your Quebec example, like, how many top tier? league players are there who are french canadian vulcan vulcan right like and maybe a couple others is poom you know? french canadian i don't remember uh, i think you're right i think poom poom might be but, but like to my point you know like <laughs> we got two you're, you're gonna run out of players very quick to make a full league and then you also have to ask how many viewers that currently watch the lcs are french canadian who would then watch this league and all these, these sorts of things like i mean here's an interesting person Quebec has 8.4 million people in it. Germany has 83 million people in it. So like, like it's just the creating a league that is for a group that is 
10% of the size of Germany, it's just like it's going to be a lot harder to sustain that as both a business and from a player-based perspective. I, I do see... Uh, I see a lot of the same things you do in, in why this is difficult to do in the U.S. I, my problem is that I don't think... I, I mentioned this a little bit in the take, and I might have mentioned it a little bit here. I don't think the amateur league, in the way it's currently being handled solves this in the same way that the URLs do. Agreed. Um, most... But it's because the amateur league does not have all the advantages that the URL has. Yeah. yeah. Like I I Mark and I will agree with you that like our system is not as good as Europe. And I think almost everybody in the in North America from the industry side would agree with you that like they've got a much better development system. That's literally why we take players from their development system. <laughs> yeah. Um so it's not like, no offense to you, it's not a revolutionary take. I think the interesting conversation is to say, like, why is that? And is there a way to solve for it? Because clearly, like, we don't have the same incentives over here that they have over there to make that ro that robust system. Is is there a reason that Mexican players and Latin American, non-South American, Latin American players don't have any residency? Because that's always struck me as odd, given that you. I just think their region is in a very different place uh, from what what's going on in, in North America, um, in the U.S. and Canada. I don't know. That is my guess, but like, yeah, it has not. Yeah, but like, is it that different compared to like two European cultures and yeah? Systems and I mean, it's like, it, it's a fair point, and maybe that should be. Like the case, I don't know if we need to roll in even more regions into North America after we took Australia. Oh, but, yes, we do, sir. But I will also <laughs> point out that, like... I think Oceania has been a success. I will also point out that our efforts... And it, was, it was a blueprint for what we should do in the future. Just keep eating up the, the, the children around us. Yeah. I, uh, You're I, done it. Why not? I, Why not us? I will point out that, like, we've pulled players from that region so far, and that hasn't really panned out, so it's not like I'm, like, sitting here going, damn. If only. Um, anyway, thank you so much, David, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I will shout out my Prime League team, uh, Eclipse Esports. We did not well this weekend, but uh, we'll bounce back. And uh, I think I'm not allowed to shout out the fantastic company that is uh, Game Fuel. Uh, but uh, <laughs> by not shouting them out, I think I will <laughs> have the same effect. Thank you for uh, supporting Travis Gafford. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, and thank you for having me on again. Uh, okay. Thank you to... Uh, oh, actually, we don't have any more subs. We'll just chill. How's everybody? I saw Chronicler in chat. See Jackie in chat. We got a lot of people in the chat right now. I saw Papa Smithy earlier. He was mentioning that the oh. corollary to ERL is uh, collegiate, which I think is uh, an interesting um, discussion. Again, that would be something where I'd think that there's a lot of uh different yeah environment well he said that too to... he said he was saying like the the player base in collegiate is very different. uh one thing i'll say too is the next two takes got a lot of the uh, negative reactions in, in the discord <laughs> so i pulled them okay all right great well uh they'll get a lot of negative reactions i'm sure on youtube grand is here grand where are you calling from uh new york city new york city what do you want to talk about on the show um uh, so my take is NA dropped the ball harder than ever before this year. Like this year's world's performance was more disappointing for NA fans than TSM going 0-6 as the first seed for NA uh, last year. So uh, 
from like the way the the draws panned out, like C9 basically got the group of death, but managed to eke out a a tiebreaker scenario win against FPX and Rogue, who were looking pretty underwhelming and and um, you look at like the rest of the regions like China pretty pretty resoundingly looked a little underwhelming compared to um, Korea who you know we thought like obviously they were going to be the, like the top two regions and it's just like it's hard to pinpoint like where like the the falter from like NA comes from in like the, the performance against the other regions because at the tournament, like in terms of I guess mid lane talent, NA didn't really bring much uh compared to Korea or, or, or China or even compared to TSM guess... last year, correct? Yeah, yeah. This is okay. <laughs> Grand. There's like the easiest way to dismantle this, which is just to ask you which team had a more disappointing performance than TSM last year? I mean it's it's not like all right, taking like the most disappointing teams from each tournament and comparing those two is it's not like a fair comparison because like what you were talking about with Ico where you, you were saying like watching or, or what Mark was talking about with 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 his point where when you're watching this world you, you're filled with so much hope watching NA perform on on their day two series where they're playing all their matches and and historically NA just like shits the bed like every day two they're actually popping off and taking wins in scenarios where, where you don't think they will. And you're filled with all this hope, and then it just gets taken away because they just they bungle like a draft or like a singular play, like in their tiebreakers or like their their crucial game-winning or, or important so, so you, your point is that matches. Your point is that TSM was less disappointing because you got disappointed immediately and consistently throughout versus yeah, like getting they, any hopium to then be disappointed. You would rather yeah, they, never have any hope at all. Yeah, I mean, well, when watching TSM, like, they were just playing shit, like, the entire tournament, right? Like, the 10-man the sleep, like, you're just watching them. They're asleep at their keyboards. Like, it's just, it's not, like, fun to watch. But when you're watching, like, 100 Thieves and watching FBI and Huhi just give it to Viper and Mako in the bot lane, you're like, we have a chance at this tournament. Because, like, every single NA team, there's, like, a strong point on the squad. Like, 100 Thieves, it's their bot lane. TL, so why does that make it a worse viewership experience for you? That's what I'm struggling to wrap my brain around. It, like, you, not, just, you just slammed last year's team, and you just praised this year's team, and you're telling me that you preferred last year. So... I, I, if I, I can, mean, Mark, I, I think I he's, he's saying it's I'm about not, managing not, expectations. And not that, like, as a viewer, as a viewer, like, this world was good. Like, it, it was good. It's just, like, as an NA fan, it feels. Who do you bad. think are watching? Who do you think's watching worlds? NA fans I, are the viewers. I, I don't think, like, it's what, what you said with, well, like, like I, we, I think, like, over time, like NA fans are just not watching Worlds as much anymore because like this this feeling just happens again and again. Like, okay, but then who's it, getting it disappointed? Feels more and more profounding. Like I don't think LEC don't fans were getting disappointed by our poor performance. If you're suggesting that like the viewers that were getting disappointed are not NA fans. Well, I also think it's weird to then say that like last year was preferable. Like we had good games, like you said, and. Uh, TL could have made it out 
and and C9 did make it out, which is something that hadn't happened in two years. And you're like, this is worse. Uh, so the, the, well, I guess in this scenario, like the opposite of like disappointing, like being last year's world being preferable. I don't, that's not what I mean. I like, you can like transcribe that from what I say, but like it, it's not what I, I mean, I guess like, okay, here, 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 let know, me try. Like, well, let me hang well, on. Let me try. Before you, before you try, one thing I wanted to say was the nice thing about a take like this is you can also somewhat empirically test it by just asking the rest of the viewers, was TSM 06 more disappointing or less disappointing than this year's? Because I, that was the, the crux of it. In, in the moment, that was really disappointing. But like a year later, watching NA send three really good teams and then watching them just fail okay i'm gonna help feels pretty bad i'm gonna help grant here mark i'm gonna i'm gonna recontextualize his take here so that you're not gonna perhaps, do my twitch poll idea perhaps we can have i mean i don't think we need to waste the time with that you don't want to um, see the 99 percent uh yeah i so here let me let me give a different version of this take which is fans should feel more disappointed in this year's world's performance than last year's because we sent the what many said the three best teams we have ever sent to worlds before and we were very close to not getting any teams out and even the one that we did get out it feels like they you know they obviously did not they were not competitive in their quarterfinals game and so because we had better teams this year and we still perform so poorly that should be more disappointing than like last year where like we sent FlyQuest and there wasn't a ton of hope around them and like certain maybe maybe like a lot of people felt like okay we've seen Bjerg and Doublelift at Worlds and they performed the way that they were going to or whatever so like the, perhaps that what? is like a better take I so, still yeah. think it's a I, I still think let me let me address that one. I still think it's a sure. crap take because anyone who's watched North America for more than two years knows that we have had way more disappointing performances where teams are actually hyped up. Our players are actually hyped up, cracking world's top 20 lists. You know, Bjergsen's number, a top 10 mid or, you know, a top 10 player in the world. And then they're not getting out of groups. You know, this, this TSM team is, is, is one of the favorites in 2016. And then they can't get out. You know, like anyone who's watched North America for any extended period of time beyond the last two or three years knows that the amount of hype, like, because the caller's point is that we had higher expectations and these are good teams and, and we got disappointed. You need to go back and learn some history because we actually sent teams that people convinced themselves were actually great and then didn't. fell apart. So this is not even comparable to that level, let alone the fact that, again, heading into this world, no one was predicting them to get out of groups. Like, we exceeded expectations. We're one game under 500. We're three and four. Well, I guess if you count the tiebreakers, we're, we're two or three games un under 500, right? So, like, we're very close to to actually being, like, this is a good world. This was as good as, as you could, like, this is what a good world is for North America. Not great. You know, it's not 2018 C9, but this is a, this is a decent world. So, in my defense, I'm not comparing this to the rest of the world. I've been watching since season two. This I'm not comparing to 2016. 2018 i'm comparing specifically to like what that was happened. a little bit more at travis's point but yeah yeah but like when you take like the totality of like what happened with worlds in na like this specific year like with the three teams like every single year prior we've always had like one that shitter team that just slips in right and they either exceed expectations because our expectations of them were so low from the beginning or 
they're just they they just fail to meet expectations altogether. Like this year, we had like C nine be our third seed, and they make it to semifinals. Hundred Thieves is our first seed. Took a game off of EDG. They lost this T one twice, but yeah, but our first seed like, first seeds always disappointing. Cloud Nine usually does. Yeah, well, the but they they still had like. Com- competitive matches like in their but did you just use 2018 c9 when you said they made semifinals? i thought you were talking about last year now what do you no i'm sorry i'm talking about no i didn't i'm sorry i didn't mean semifinals i meant quarterfinals oh okay okay misspoke sorry quarterfinals not semis uh but like it was it was competitive like the entire time until like the very end where like the rug just gets pulled out from under you and it just feels bad like in the moment like similar to how tsm was like oh and six like it just feels bad in the moment but okay. i remember specifically okay, okay. like what Sorry, I, I have to cut then in and what i feel now grand i think i think an interesting take here that is is a little bit different but I, whatever if if you want to be more disappointed in this year's worlds than last year's here's the take to have which is where do we go from here because I think last year there were some pretty big, obvious changes that the LCS could have from a like acquisition standpoint, like bringing Perks over, who's obviously had a ton of success, and like Alfari coming in, and like Sword Art, <laughs> who who obviously they had recent success, and and I think you could say, all right, yeah, we sent these teams, but like there's room for us if if you believe in the like acquisition method of bringing in talent. That, that that's like a good situation this year i think it's really tough if you look at these rosters to figure out like where's the upgrade you know like i don't know i i interviewed papa smithy and i was chatting with him a little bit after the interview and um and i had i told him like i don't envy <laughs> your job oh gazuntite you're good <laughs> just do us a favor and mute if it happens again i was like i don't envy your job papa smithy because like i think you've got five great players and I don't think there's an obvious, like, change this player scenario for, for you. And, like, Cloud9 ran a really great lineup of players who obviously didn't work out great together. But, like, I think that is one of the reasons why a good takeaway from this year's Worlds is we should, ex- to, to your point, Mark, this is what we should expect on a good Worlds. Even though it doesn't feel great, like, we've we've done a lot of work to try to build out some great teams and we sent them and, like, we didn't we didn't do great and so like what are we supposed to go do now like spend four million to get faker or something like uh, well, that'd see, be that's, hype that's as fuck problem right there is like that's that's the the way you frame the answer like i look at those hundred thieves games and i'm like why'd you guys just watch skt run all over you for 30 minutes you know that's why why, why are you asking who, what player do you upgrade and not why did you play that game that way like that's yeah. a fundamental problem and how i i'm not saying every north american coach or player or owner is thinking this way but like I don't think that's the right question. Like you're not asking the right question. You're gonna get the wrong answers if you ask the wrong questions. Like, could could hundred thieves have got into that group? Well, they they just played like they played scared. They were playing faker and they shit their I mean, pants a little bit. Yeah, they're they're a bot centric <laughs> team and they just they, they lost sight of their identity. Like they they didn't play. I don't want to I don't want to diagnose hundred I mean, thieves issues here, but they they drafted an engage competent. Engage. I mean, it's the same thing with TSM, right? Was TSM a zero six quality team in terms of players, Travis? Do you think that that team? They just need to go get some upgrades to avoid that zero six. Or do you think that maybe their approach to the game, their mentality going into them, their actual playmaking capabilities, how they worked as a problem, like was that the bigger problem? You know, it's like I don't think that it was just they needed to get a better mid than Bjergsen. I think 
No, I, I agree. But I do think that if you were of the, and again, I'm not, this is not the real argument. I'm, this yeah. is not my belief. Like we're just having the discussion, right? But I do think if you are, if you are comparing perks and you are comparing Bjergsen from a, I want to do well at Worlds performance standpoint, and you are looking at them historically, you do think that getting perks is a much better option than running Bjergsen again, because you have seen what Bjergsen has done at Worlds. And like, I love him. He's a great player. I'm excited for him to come back. But like, from that, from I can understand why somebody should and could look at this year with, a, a, you know, on paper, like we should be doing great because we've done as much of acquiring as we can. Like there's not, in my opinion, there's not just more money to be spent and more players to be brought in that are going to like somehow make us perform better. Yeah. Um, because I think we've done it. We, we've spent the money. It's like done. Like we, what else we, do people we've been, watch? We've been acquiring import players for... 10 years now <laughs> and we we've gotten out past quarters once you know to your point there's there's not much more acquiring to do you have to yeah, fix yeah. other problems we got the western goat and he we didn't make top three all pro in summer like it's just i don't know it's uh um... feed, feed blabber more crabs thank you so Anyways. much for the call grand i know it's tough to call in and and get roasted by twitch chat and by us so uh i appreciate I, the I I respect the, the roast. The I tenacity. The challenge. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out? Uh, nope, just you guys. Game Fuel, Alienware. Love the show. Very good. Thank you Being so much on. for the call. Love Twitch chat. All right. We've got one last caller here. Um, Hobnobbin, thank you for the gifted sub. That's very nice of you. I see a lot of people in chat tonight. You know, maybe maybe we've baited in the industry. The industry loves to come in and see what what roster rumors I'm going to say because they're like, "Does Travis know what we're doing? Is he is he going to leak our shit?" And uh, and then this this episode we didn't talk too much about it because there's not too much going on yet. But uh, Torment is here. Torment, where are you calling from? Uh, Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. What do you want to talk about on the show? So first of all, I think NA overperformed this year at Worlds. And I also think that, you know, people should lower their expectations for how well North America should do at Worlds. All right. Well, and, I know we're going to go yeah. into a little bit of what we just talked about a bit, but... Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we've we've somewhat walked on this topic with the, a couple of the previous ones. Yeah. That's okay. By the way, I, we do have more time, fo by the way, folks, and, and we are in an empty waiting room. So if anybody has anything they want to talk about... Yeah, one, any... room for one more caller, probably, if someone wants to throw a takeout. Yeah, yeah. Um, so feel free to go populate the, uh, subtopics or, or pleb topics chat and then we can talk about this. Okay. Torment, do you want to, you want to elaborate a little bit at all? Um, yeah. So I guess I can start off on why NA overperformed. Sure. That's okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, C9, they look pretty good in play-ins. They had that one rough day where they lost to DFM and, uh, UOL. But other than that, they looked pretty good. They looked good against Peace and they made it through. And then they won like their quote-unquote best of three against Rogue, and they took a game off FPX. They qualified for quarters. I think that's enough for performance. You know, people are saying they're going to be worse than Rogue. They're going to be worse than FPX. And even though FPX collapsed, they were still better than Rogue, who looked much better than they did in LEC playoffs. And then Hundred Thieves, you know, they were expected to two O DFM. They did that. They took a game off EDG, which is like. You know, overperformance. It was really good that they were able to do that. And then Team Liquid, 
they went three and three. I mean, that that group was like kind of like Group C from last year with TSM, where it was like it could go either way for going into the tournament. But I think they did like about what you would expect them to do. They took a game off of everyone. They lost to everyone. And they were a tiebreaker away from making quarters. Yeah. So I don't really see like why people complain about, you know, NA did so bad this year. They did much better than they did. Honestly, you know, do you think expected. a lot of people are saying NA did so bad this year? Torment? I mean, you have people like that take. And I think <laughs> in general, everyone's like complaining about, you know, oh, you know, we got slaughtered by Gen G. And 100 Thieves did nothing. You know, TL didn't make it. I think that, you know, Genji's not like it's like the weakest of the three Korean teams left, but they have a lot of raw talent on their team. They have BDD, Ruler, the worst player on their team is probably Rascal, who I still think he's really good. They make some dumb mistakes, but they can like skill check you and speed you if you're not good enough, which is what they did to C9. Yeah, uh, I mean, was probably worse, but can't draw I, them. So. I'll, I'll go first because I'm curious if Mark is going to disagree with mine afterwards, but I, I actually don't think, I, I think the overperformed thing is probably based a lot on like what type of content you watch and like who you watch. Cause I know that a lot of like the co-stream personalities or whatever were saying like, I don't know, pitting NA at the bottom of every group or something like that. I don't feel like, I think one team out of groups, maybe like through some sort of fun, funny way or interesting way, I think is what a lot of people would have said. Uh, I think, I don't think people expected hundred thieves to go two four in that group. I think there was a conversation around like, Oh, maybe they could get, take a game off of like T one or EDG. Uh, I agree with what you were saying about like TL performing about the way they expected. But again, that's not necessarily overperformance. That's like the, we, I think we did about it the way that we thought we would do. Like if you if you told a lot of people, maybe not everybody, um, but if you told a lot of people, like, hey, look at this lineup. Like TL barely makes it, uh, avoids getting it. Uh, one of the teams in Cloud 9s group collapses, and so they're able to take the second slot. And then Hunter uh, T like takes one of the the game takes a game off of one of the. Eastern teams in their group. Like, I think a lot of people would have said that that's probably about right. So I don't, I don't think this is an overperformance. I I think it's like what we should expect. I I, I think that's rewriting history a little bit. I don't think anyone predicted that. So like, yeah, it's believable, but it's still not expected. It was an, I thought we were saying I, I should go back and watch like the old hotline league or something like that. But I thought we we literally talked about how the only team that has a chance of getting out is, is TL. And we said that they still have a good chance, but it's the most open group. We said, we joked about how C9 has a 0% chance to get out again. And that's what we said in 2018. Yeah, but that was before we, we knew that FPX was going to collapse. Like, had you, had we known that, then like, I think that's what I said. Well, of it, course, dude, that's the whole point. Yes, I know, but I'm saying, hang on, please let me fucking finish my thing. I am saying if you told people that FPX was going to collapse, then they wouldn't be surprised that C9 got it out. That's why I don't think that like, they overperformed because if you had the information and you knew like the context in which these teams handle things, you would not be surprised. The only reason so, we're, if we're you, surprised if were is because that Cloud9 made it out is because surprised. we didn't know that FPX was going to collapse. Not because it's like, oh, future, wow, Cloud9 showed up and they were so sick that they just stomped like T1 or not T1. Well, they stomped. To, go ahead. Okay. I think you guys have like a different definition of overperformance. It's like Mark is saying 
they placed higher than they should. But Travis is saying they play, uh, they played better than they should. So I think that's where, like the real. Well, yeah, yeah. I I, mean, I would Norman, say like I, think, I don't think, think Cloud Nine exceeded point. expectations based off of their own merit. I think they exceeded expectations based off of the fact by based off the way that their group worked out. Yeah, so well, that's well, why like, you don't think it's an overperformance. But, but I would say, right. right, but even even saying in-game play, like, I think you made a great point, Torment, that, like, throwing aside the FPX collapse, people still said and thought that C9 was categorically worse than Rogue and would not beat them and do worse than them in the group. So, really? to the caller's point, like, Maybe I just had more did. hopium. Because I, I thought that there were a decent amount of people that were saying, like, C9 or Rogue was a toss-up. Like, people were pretty down on Rogue, I feel like. People, people were not yeah, stoked well, about Rogue. They thought they, they took the bullet for Europe to, to get so, decent groups. Travis, to counter your point, you said that knowing FPX collapsed, right? But people also thought Rogue was horrible, and they looked a lot better than they did in um, LEC playoffs, right? So you have to kind of go both ways. There, Rogue played better than they did before, and FPX played worse. So I still I mean, think overall C9 overperformed. Raz in chat says C9 was for sure expected to be last in that group by most metrics. And I think, you know, to, one thing that Travis said that I actually did like was talking about like going back and looking at the tier lists that were coming out by pretty much every content creator in the world, not just in the West, I'm pretty sure, in, in the world. North America was, was categorically dismissed. They were put in the lowest tier and behind, like all three of their teams were put in the lowest tier and behind all the major regions. And I, I'm sure you remember me saying this, Travis. Maybe you don't. But I said, those lists are wrong. And one of the North American teams will be much higher on these lists than they should be. I can't yes, tell you I which one it's going to be. But I said, one of our teams is going to outperform these lists and they're going to look ridiculous. And I, I understand why people put all three North American teams as the, as the worst. But statistically, that will not happen. And lo and behold that's not what happened and so to that point maybe you're, you're a little right travis that like anyone who who thinks in such black and white terms is going to be wrong that like all three north american teams are going to be dog shit like sometimes that happens it, it does but it, it's actually more real that that happens than than not um so i think uh to that point you know eh, was it an overperformance i i still think so considering like i said the other thing that, that was impressive to me was the fact that we had a three and three team a three and three team and a two and four team like only one game under 500 is pretty good looking at some of these groups. Um, going toe to toe with Mad Lions, I know they still lost and they still lost their tiebreaker for Team Liquid, but like they made that group fun. I enjoyed watching that group all the way through to the very end because of that. So, like, uh, I think a lot of teams underperformed this world as well. You can talk about FBX, you can talk about Fnatic, not necessarily due to the fault of the players, but like, I don't see how anyone could look at what the conversation was heading into this world. And what happened and say that like North America did not overperform do, to execute. Do you think C9 was the only team that overperformed? Mm, so, no, I think 100 Thieves did too. Mark, I'm curious though. Uh, 100 Thieves is not, not really. Because that's my t thing too is like I don't, I think that might be the biggest disconnect is like I, I think C9 is the only team that like overperformed my expectations. And I, I think just like, and again, you know, like I get people are going to get shitty because they're going to be like, oh, you're taking away from it or whatever. But like, I, I think that they overperformed in part because nobody expected FPX to look the way they did. And so, like, I think that's where the major disconnect is because I bet you don't think TL overperformed and I bet you don't think 100T overperformed. Well, 100 Thieves, I don't think overperformed. I think their record was an overperformance. Three and three was pretty good 
but I think, you know, like that, we talked about this before, the the win over DFM should have been a loss, their second win. Like, they they, they should have lost that game. DFM turbo through that shit. Um, and then they they only beat EDG after they were knocked out, so it's kind of one of those wins that you're, like, excited about, but you're also like, eh, you know? Um, so I think you can debate that one. TL, I'd still say overperformed a little bit. Like, we said if one team was going to get out, I expected it to be TL, but I still wasn't thinking they would look that competitive through the full the full thing. I think TL did well, you know? Um, their group wasn't impossible. They almost got out. I thought that they did they did slightly better than expectations. And if I can add, like, one more thing. Well, actually, two things. So first about Rogue and FPX, like, you, you're saying that FPX played a lot worse than what people expected, right? Yes. But Rogue also played a lot better than what people expected. So if you go one way, you kind of have to do both sides of it, right? So even then, C9 overperformed because they beat a Rogue that's playing much better than they did in playoffs. And then my second point is, like, people's, like, expectations are so strange. Because people are like, oh, C9 got smashed by Gen G, so, you know, everything's doomed. But, you know, if they had won that series, right, then they get even, sm like, smashed even harder by EDG. And so, you know, I think you just have to take the wins as they come. Like, you can't expect, like, my example in my take was, like, the World Cup, right? Those smaller countries, you know, they take every win they can get as, like, oh, this is so amazing. And I think any kind of, not, like, a as extreme, right? But a certain extent, like, you can't expect... NA teams to just smash Korea. But taking a game here or there from LPL, from Korea, I think that's something to be celebrated. Yeah. That's something I've been I've been agreeing with for a long time. I, I I'm uh, not saying I don't I just want to be clear, like I'm not saying this was a bad worlds. And I do think we should no, celebrate no, the fact that we were so. fairly competitive. But I I don't know. I just I don't I still I'm still not on board the over overperformed train, but I maybe I'm in the minority on that. Um, certainly I am in this conversation because you guys are, are Mark agrees with you. Um, all right, well here's what I will say: I am going to give you victory caller of the night because you got Mark and I to scream at each other, um, and Yay. that's doesn't always happen. That's on what the we're show. all here for, anyways. So, so congratulations on being Gamefield victory caller. I thought. And I thought your take was, here's what I will also say. I appreciated how like thoughtful your presentation of it was. Cause sometimes people come in and they want to be extra spicy and you're like, Hey, like this is my take and this is what I thought. And you was pretty well reasoned. Even when Mark and I started screaming at each other. So yeah, I think, when like, you have better behavior than the host, say, then I think that's good. If I have nothing like a, a hot take for like a week of hotline league, then I'm just not going to say anything. If I do have something like this week, I thought my take was like kind of spicy, but like it was also reasonable and I really yeah. agree with it. I'm just going to put my idea out there. And uh, if I can ask one more thing, what are yeah. your guys' predictions for semis? Oh, we haven't talked about that at all. Uh, no, yeah, because we agreed at the start of the show, Worlds is over, Mark. Uh, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> uh, I think EDG wins over RNG. Um, I think that one will actually be not uh, that close. That already actually happened, Mark. Oh, goddamn. EDG over Genji, excuse me. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll be super close, guys. Um, I think I think Genji is going to beat out Cloud Nine in the semis. Okay, like that's <laughs> for me. Dude, that's maybe You're a hot have take. Egg on your face next week, dude. Cloud Nine is going to shit on them. <laughs> Cloud Nine's in the loser bracket, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I like pulled up um, the schedule for one quick second because I was like, "Am I is the time zone stuff getting to me?" Um, so, sorry, you're. What, do you think Genji's going to be EDG, Mark? No, I was saying I think EDG will win, um, okay. and I I think it'll be more, relatively in EDG's favor, like three one. Um, but I think SKT or goddamn T one and um, Damwon. Mm. It's weird because in my head I feel like Damwon should just turbo smurf on people, like. I could see them 3-0ing the entire tournament. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I feel like T1 looked better than I thought, but maybe that was just who they played. I don't know. I'm going to go with LPL sucks. LCK is the crazy good region. Gen G beats EDG. And then I'm ah. going to stick with, with Damwon. I love, I love Faker, but... Uh, actually, uh, fucking... Uh, wait. Am I... T1 and EDG were in the same group, right? I'm not losing my mind. Um... I am I am going to say yeah they were. Okay, because yep. Jackson from Hundred Thieves who works works over at Hundred Thieves, I had on on Hotline League last week a speculative thought that perhaps like uh T one is actually not that great because they didn't have great competition in their group. And Jackson, after this weekend, when both T one and EDG made it out, has been like tweeting at me, mocking my take because he wants to you know, that that would mean Hundred Thieves was a bad team or something like that. He's he's continuing to mock me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns, and I'm gonna say T1 and EDG are not making it out because they were in a bad group, and uh, and we're gonna see a, a shitty Damwon beating the shit out of Genji in the finals, the World Finals. We'll have a bad World Finals. That's my prediction. I'll point out that the last time Damwon Kia they lost to a LCK team was on April twentieth, twenty twenty. To DRX three two. Well, there you since go. Since then, they haven't dropped. They haven't lost a single series. That's why I'm based <laughs> and Mark is baked. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for the call, Torment. Uh, I sent you a friend request so you, we can figure out. I can send you information on how to get your case of Mountain Dew game feel. Uh, okay. And anything you want to shout out? Um. Yeah. Shout out to Hotline League. This is pretty fun. Even some of the takes are bad, but it's fun to listen to people kind of get <laughs> mad about them. And um, the good takes are always fun because, you know, you have a nice discussion. Cool. And shout out to Showmaker. I think he's playing insanely well. If he um, wins this world, I think you can start to put him in the conversation for, like, go if he plays well, you know, next year. But he's making his way there. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's in the chat right now, but I'm sure he'll hear about your shout-out. Thank sure you so much. This, he, he, he's a big fan of me. Thank you so much, Torrent. We'll catch you next time. Yep. All right. We've got one quick break to take. Speaking of Game Fuel, thank you so much to Game Fuel for sending me this sick Mountain Dew Game Fuel fridge behind me. I don't know. Is it going to show up on screen? Oh, yeah, it is. So we had, we had, I had a bigger one before, and I did like it, but it was a little bit much for the apartment and uh kobe you know it just it made my room really hot and then we had disagreements as we do among about many things about the the ac during the summer so they've sent me this new one which is really cool you can't see it from this uh perspective but there's like a, a sick tg logo and my name is on the side of it i'll post some pics to uh twitter later on but i i now have a uh a, a, even though their first gift to me was very generous they were so nice as to send me another Game Fuel fridge that is a bit of a better suit for uh, the apartment and the office. So I love them so much. And it's got cool branding on it for, for TGI and, and 
all this stuff. So I, I really do appreciate it. You can go check out gamefield.com slash Travis. Use code Travis to check out. And, uh, you know, it's always really nice whenever a bunch of you guys go buy a bunch of Gamefield with my code because then that means that maybe they will stick around for next year. All right. Mark. Yes. We have a, a, a caller here. Uh, we got PCD in, in the Discord. PCD, where are you calling from? You're muted, PCD. Uh, hi, I'm calling from I'm calling from the Netherlands. From the Netherlands, okay. Your it's voice is over here. Your voice is very familiar. Uh, yes. What do you you know? What have you been an esports fan for very long, PCD? Uh, yes, I've I've followed esports for for a few years. So I, I I like it quite a lot. Um, can I do my take? Yes. So my take is. International competitions are really, really great. We should have more, right? But if we don't have more international competitions, having four LPL and four LCK uh, teams at Worlds is actually bad for the long health, long-term health of league in the long run. And we should learn the lesson from regular sports, such as the World Cup. Traditional World sports. Is, you might be yeah. new to esports, but we say traditional sports, not regular. Sorry, continue. Uh, sorry. Traditional, traditional sports. I apologize. Uh, uh, Sport, sport di divergent. There's sport typical and sport divergent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But I, I think basically at the World Cup, um, you don't have the best 32 teams in the world, right? You have like a lot of teams, a lot more teams from emerging regions. And I think that it would be better to have the second best Brazilian team. And this is, this is, this is, um, this is how you can tell I, do, I don't work in esports. I just, I'm just a fan. Um, but I think it would be better to have the second Brazilian team or the second Turkish team or the second uh, Japanese team uh, going to the World Championships than it would be to have the fourth best LPL or the fourth best LCK team. Um, and I think if you're going to have a tournament, uh, only limited number of international tournaments every single year, you should make sure that more teams are represented and it's not just dominated by individual regions, even if they are the best regions. So, so European caller PCD. Uh, yes. I don't watch the World Cup. Chris, Chris, Chris is my name. Sir. What's that? Chris. 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 Oh, okay. Chris. Chris. Uh, sorry, I. I yes. Do you have it, some allegiances to the the Brazilian scene, maybe too, Chris? <laughs> no, I, I just I just picked I just picked Brazil by random. It could be it could be. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, it could be Turkey. It could be. But in fact, in fact, I'll go even one more. In at the World Cup, the hosts. Team gets an extra team, right? So next year, the world championship is going to be in North America. So North America should get a fourth team instead of Korea. Gotcha. If you're going okay. to go down. Uh, um, but, but in all seriousness, for this year, um, it should you shouldn't have four LPL and four LCK teams because there was a real chance where it looked like before FPX collapsed that you were going to have four LPL and four LCK teams in the quarterfinals, and that would have killed interest in the entire tournament, and it would have damaged League for an entire year. Yeah, we did. We did talk about it. I I was rooting for it at one point in time because I thought that would force Riot to change the format. And now we're doomed because everybody talked about how great groups was this year. Um, uh, so uh, the question I was going to ask you, Chris, was that uh, for the World Cup, do how how different is the skill between skill set between all the different countries that are attending? Because obviously, a lot of people are going to say like, "Oh God, like." switching out an LPL team for like a second Brazilian team or Turkish team or whatever, any other emerging team, team Oceania is going to just lower the average play and you'll just see like more stomps or something like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, like what, 
are, are are most of the teams competitive with each other? Or is that dominated by two regions the same way we see it in North or sorry in in Worlds? Like, yeah, it's dominated. It's dominated by Europe and South America. Those are the only who have realistic chance to win. And over the years, they've cut down on the number of European teams and the number of South American teams at the tournament and invited more teams from Asia, from um, North America, from Africa, uh, in order to to make it. Uh, more balanced and um, the host team for instance Qatar will host the World Cup soon and Qatar have never qualified for the World Cup and never come close as far as I'm aware I'm sure somebody else may prove me wrong but it's just it's the World Cup is a tournament sure you have the best teams but it's not just about watching the best teams play it's about giving um, teams from smaller markets the opportunity to 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 test themselves against the best and I think that if you make the business end of the world championships just about Korea and China, uh, and maybe Europe some years and North America, hopefully. Um, then you're going to kill off league as an interest in the wider world, which is not worth the trade off. From the little I understand about the World Cup, it's also about corruption. Uh, I hear that that's part of it. Um, so, so um, the uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Mark, I'm going to throw it to you first because I've gone first a lot. Uh, my, my general sense is like I, I, I pretty much agree. I think people talked about groups being incredible this time because things were so open and, and this kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's hard to tell because like Fnatic had a bit of a situation. FPX collapsed. Group D was, was close. But, you know, there's another world where Group A was never close. And... Um, Maybe uh, with a full force fanatic, who knows what would happen in, in that one. So, you know, group stage was fine, but I think you get into some of the problems with the, the knockout bracket as well. Um, because even if groups is interesting, you still have the rest of the tournament and um, the knockout stage could, could have been a dud as well. So uh, I, I'm generally of the opinion that it's pretty unlikely that the fourth seed from any of these regions is going to win Worlds. And if that's the case, why not bring to Peter's point regions that don't have much of a showing anyways, like swapping out the fourth seed from a major region where the fourth seed is probably not ever going to win. Probably what, not gonna take too much of, I was just thinking, is there an argument for a viewership hit? And like, I'm sure having a fourth Chinese team is nice because maybe there's a little bit more viewership in China, but like that team, I don't know, didn't make it past groups this year. So uh, it's like, are they going to eat I know they're probably not going to win, but are they even going to make it far into the bracket stage? So, yeah, mm. or do they just play another Chinese versus Chinese matchup anyway? Right. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> you right. know, like, yeah. As, a, uh, as a, in addition to that, just quickly, like, if you think about what HLE and LNG this year and LGD and Mad Lions last year added as being the fourth, first, fourth, fourth teams from a region to the actual tournament, to the actual like benefits of, of the tournament as a whole, I don't think they added much. I mean, maybe you could say HLE did because they made quarterfinals, but would they have made quarterfinals if Fnatic didn't collapse? Yeah, I think it's, it's totally fair to speculate about that stuff because if that was another team, let's say a wildcard team like A&X in that yeah. group where th things are exploding, they get out suddenly. And, the, and it's like, holy fuck, what is happening? And, and I feel like that's basically what happened was... A and X was in a group where 
G2 collapsed, CLG failed to capitalize, and, and Rocks Tiger showed some vulnerabilities, even though they were a good team. They kind of trolled the CLG was in a little group. bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, <laughs> I think if you look at that situation in group C, that's a world where, okay, PSG is not that threatening. Um, Fnatic kind of collapsed, and RNG is showing some weaknesses. Could a wildcard team, the best wildcard team, like a DFM, if they were in there, could they have maybe made some noise, you know, or, or a comparative another team, you know, like, I think you gain a lot more potential narrative than just, oh, the fourth LCKC got out and then got clapped by the other LCKCs in the bracket, like we saw domestically already. Or, or Galatasaray, right? Galatasaray looked good in the plans. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down to agree with this take. I would, I would give you victory color, but we've already given it to somebody, and also you, uh, I assume your allegiances are to a different player. I don't know if he can accept the victory Yeah, yeah, no, he has a different... Uh, Unfortunately, allegiance on the brand front to to beverages, but um, I I I think this is pretty good. I mean, obviously, it's not unusual. We've talked about how we don't like the format, and we've talked about how having four LCK and four LPL teams in is not great. But like, just the the arguments that you know mirror the World Cup and try to uh, do something cool there. I think it's I think it's a good one. Um, and I I think I'd be down to. To just be like, let's bring in more of these types of teams. Someone, uh, someone in Twitch chat said something like, "Would you really be excited about seeing a wildcard team go zero six? No, I wouldn't. Honestly, I'd be very fucking bored. And I think there is some thing can be said about bringing in these teams and just watching them get slammed. Um, but I almost would rather direct that dislike to the format of the of the tournament than the wildcard team for showing up. Yeah, uh, you know, like. I don't really like the four group system. I would I would much rather have a two group system and then you have more wildcard teams playing against each other and there's more chances for them to to snag upsets um and, and stuff because there's just a, a bigger pool of teams that yeah. they're playing against and a wider a wider variety of skill. Like I would rather fix that problem than blame the wildcard team for being in a group where it's like, you know, an NA team, an EU team, and an LCK team. And that's it. And that's kind of what Plans already does, a little bit of giving them a chance to, to play in, in, against some other wildcard regions, but uh, I don't know. I, I just haven't been a fan of this, this format for a long time. But, but, and also it's worth saying in conventional sports, you know, so wait, is, is that the way that I'm traditional. supposed to say Traditional. No, what, what am I supposed to say? I'm supposed to traditional, say... Traditional. Traditional. Sports. Traditional is great because it makes them sound dated. Okay. <laughs> In traditional sports, um, the U.S., you know, was a joke country in football for many, many years. But because they increased North American um, uh, access to the World Cup, they qualified more often. And then they actually got good. And they actually got out of groups a few times. So there's precedent for something like this happen. And sure, maybe they'll go there and they'll get smashed by, like, you know, they'll, they'll just get smashed. But eventually, more exposure will mean that more teams will be able to get out. Now, obviously, you, you say... what they did in the World Cup was they just increased the number of teams. But that's more expensive, right? So this is just my... my you say football, but I'm pretty sure North America has won the Super Bowl every year since it started, uh, Chris. So I don't know, I don't know you what sure? you're talking about. Are you sure? I'm, I'm, I, I, I need a fact check on that. Yeah, yeah. okay, fair enough. Um <laughs> Thank, thank you so much, Chris, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Um, I just want to call out. I've got a call out, which is that there were no roster rumors at all today, which uh, I was promised at the start of the show. So I no, we. I mean, we. I did not. I never said I was leaking anything. We talked a ton about the perks Alfari stuff, and we talked about 
We, At there the was a start lot of, of every show, Travis will Facebook message me. He'll be like, dude, some spicy rumors going around. And I'll be like, are we <laughs> going to talk about them? And then he goes, no. Um, so I, I'm not sure what I am. On, I'm not allowed to shout out. So just imagine that I did the same shout out as previous callers. And yeah, thank you for supporting Travis and his yep. great shows and content. And thank, Mark as well. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a good one. Um. No, Mark. Okay, first off, don't say that because these fucking Twitch chatters—they show up in my chat and they're like, like literally, somebody was like, "Got any like CLG rumors?" Like they're, it's just they're like fiending. And uh, if I, whenever I stream during this time of year, they're like, "Has he said anything interesting yet?" Like they're just monsters. Um, I'm gonna do a prediction stuff tomorrow. There's nothing, like guys, like here. Okay, here's what I will say that I would have, I would have said if we, if we had more conversation on it. I think. I think North America is in an interesting place because my guess is, and kind of my limited understanding is, it feels like people are mostly waiting to see what happens with Bjergsen. Like there's oftentimes just a, who was it before? Was it Jensen? There was somebody before where this has happened a couple times, I think, where like you have one big player land somewhere and then everything starts to materialize around that because they set the market rate, they... Uh, you know, team players that want to play with that player start going and trying to play with them, and if they can't, then they start to go look other places. And so I think we're kind of like, like obviously people are talking to each other right now, but I personally believe that it's it's a matter of waiting to figure out like where Bjergsen's going to go, and I get the feeling that that decision will be made relatively early in this process, and then everything will start to like scatter out around that. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my take on the, on the Aussie. I award you game field victory call of the night for that take. uh, Sure. I'll go get a case of game field for myself. Okay, sweet. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I think where we're at. So like, I will make predictions tomorrow on stream. Um, I'm also going to do a stream of guardians of the galaxy, which got great reviews, um, sponsored stream through NVIDIA. So please stick around tomorrow for that. Um, but I'll do, I'll do my predictions video tomorrow. Um, I'll either air it on stream or I'll record it on stream and it's going to be, but these will be speculative predictions. Okay. Not reports or anything like that. It's just kind of fun to do this at the start of off season. And then like a month from now, compare it and see how I did. Um, but I, uh, but yeah, there's not, we're still in, as I already say, the primordial soup phase, like there's nothing, People are not agreeing to terms yet, to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's I'm not aware of anybody who has quote unquote agreed to terms yet. Um blah, 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 blah. okay. And now everybody's just spamming with questions. Uh I Travis, no pressure, but if you say Bjerg leaves TSM, I'll unsub. Yeah. I don't I know there's been people that have there's been conversation that that's like a done deal and that he's staying at TSM essentially, but I don't, I don't think it's a done deal yet. Um, Mark. Yeah. What do you want to shout out? Nothing. Um, you already say nothing and then you think of something to shout out. Yeah, maybe I will. Uh, Genshin Impact. Looking forward to, we should play tomorrow. I should, I'm going to come over. Is your place clean yet? That couch is pretty clean. The office, the office is in a pretty good place. I, I, I'll come over and we can play some Genshin Did I Impact. Did show you this yet? I don't think so. Do you see what's happening? Oh, you got your standing desk finally? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's you, that. you can stand and play Genshin if you want. I'll bring my laptop. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can figure it out. I have to figure it out because um, I'm going to do that stream at some point in time, so I'll be busy probably for three hours in the middle of the day, but we can figure it well, out. Oh, do, you, do you have the hard cap? Uh, I have the usual girlfriend hard cap, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll figure it out. Maybe in the morning. Um, I'm still going to be getting up probably earlier than usual, so, like, yeah, I can do morning. I will shout out to the Papa Smithy interview that I have uh, that should be dropping tomorrow. I don't know, maybe if I get encouraged enough, I'll, I'll stream it tonight after I play some Genshin. And I will also shout out Ruler and Gen G because I was able to, to do an interview with them today because, in part, because I had this scheduled and then my uh, translator was kind of sick. And so we had Dodo do it last minute as a translation. So shout out to Dodo for that. Um, I'm going to be streaming a ton more during the off season. Cause it's always fun to like speculate on stuff and hang out with you guys and do all the off season coverage. So please, uh, follow and check out the thing. I'm going to do that NVIDIA, uh, gardens of the galaxy stream tomorrow. And it's always really, really helpful when people show up for non league of legends content, even though I know that's not the major reason you guys follow me. So please consider doing that if you want to help. Um, other than that, thanks everyone for watching. This has been hotline league episode one four oh did i close the youtube okay one 190 something i think 194 let's just go with that rift reaction tomorrow too boom <laughs>